0: everyone and welcome to the atomic cinema experiment i am peter and joining me as always is tara
1: greeting citizens
0: this is our science fiction movie podcast we get together every week we talk about a movie we watched and it just so happens that for the second time in the history of the show it's alien day it is the 26th of april or 426 one might say Mm-hmm. Have, I mean it does pain me a little bit that we have to say it in the American order to make it work. <laughs> but you know <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> the stupid American system you put the month first for some reason. Like what well, it just it's the, the smallest to biggest, day, month, year. That,
1: that well, there's sense. no forty second day of the of June. I admit. I no,
0: I agree, I agree. <laughs> for the purpose of Alien Day, I'll accept it as a pos- as a as a thing. But uh here we are. So
1: Don't think of it as, as an American thing. Think of it mm-hmm. as a Canadian thing, like James Cameron.
0: I he has a he has, he's a pretty nice Canadian, one of my favorites. Yeah.
1: Yeah. he's yeah. uh, one of the good ones.
0: Yeah. Uh, James Cameron, Kenny Omega, and uh well, you I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. My, my list of oh, I can't
1: remember if we do our dates the the UK way or the American way now. <laughs> it's I, been so long that, since I've lived in Canada.
0: There is a few things that the Canadians do the UK way, because I've definitely noticed them occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Like, like spelling words correctly and things like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we we connect like our use.
0: Yes. Uh, so, yes, this is uh, Alien Day. Uh, last year, of course, we did Alien, the original film from 1979. And would you believe it that this year we're going to do Aliens? Which I'll just get out of the way, it's my favourite movie of all time. So so settle in. Buckle in even. Buckle in for the ride of your life that is about to commence over so the next I don't know, three hours, four hours, whatever this ends up being.
1: Uh <laughs> I suspect I will do about ten percent of the conversation in this one.
0: <laughs> I don't accept I do not accept that. Uh I am going to prod Tara into every every point. If I I'm going to refuse to finish any point I make. I'm just going to Uh nudged Tara into all of them (laughs) okay and we'll see how that goes because for anyone who's ever witnessed the end of one of these episodes where I try to set up a joke for Tara to finish for the final line uh, it's always went so smoothly every time I've tried it and it's landed perfectly and it's been hilarious
1: do you you have them planned? I should pull up like alien quotes or something just so I'm at the ready because I tend to get them wrong
0: Oh, uh, that's bad. I mean, even if he attempt an Aliens score, I, I, I think we can we can live with that. Uh, okay. So, Aliens, of course, is well, you know, remembered as being one of the best, if not the best, sequel of all time. Some obviously, some of the competition would be like Godfather Part Two, uh, Cameron's own Terminator Two uh, is usually in the Dawn. discussion.
1: Dawn of the Planet of the Apes.
0: I suppose, I, suppose I, I don't really think about that, but only because I feel like all everything I talk about when I say this is stuff that's older than that. Like that, yeah. that's like that's like post my era. Whereas it's
1: it's had enough time, I think now.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. I just I like all the movies I'm talking about are all stuff that were out like before me. Yeah, <laughs> they're all before my time.
1: The golden oh. era or whatever.
0: Well, that's not entirely. I mean, I was alive when Terminator Two came out, but I mean, I don't really count something that came out when I was two as being of my era uh, so I mean and t- Tara of course was in her 20s already but I mean that's that's neither here nor there um, <laughs> oh boy <laughs> no okay all right oh boy uh, I don't know I, I, there's been much reactions when I make a a wee jab in Tara's it's
1: been direction. a little while
0: yeah you know
1: it's just,
0: it's the occasional old age joke uh, I think it's harmless enough But uh, yeah, so Aliens, Um, there's a lot to talk about, there's a lot to discuss about how it is such a successful sequel, how it takes what Alien did and does things differently with it. Uh, There's many characters to discuss, there's all the usual subjects of a movie film, but um... and I've talked about Aliens many times before, so I I I have a lot of locked and loaded kind of takes to come in with as to why I love it so much. Uh, and so on but because of that i am going to endeavor to make tara go first on almost every subject uh fun to spice this up a little bit
1: it's not really a movie that i analyze much but okay
0: hi it's, it's the first for, the first time forever you, 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 i guess i
1: have some notes it, yeah you know
0: we'll, we'll go for it and we'll, we'll see we'll see how it is uh, I think I'll just give the spoiler warning. I'll just say spoilers for Aliens if you haven't All seen right, it.
1: going right in.
0: If you haven't seen Aliens, then just, you know, go stop what you're doing and go watch Aliens. Uh, what's wrong with you? Uh, see Aliens.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know what Peter thinks of the film, but I'll just say I concur. Watch Aliens.
0: Yes, watch Aliens. That's it. If, there's, if there's nothing else you can take away from however long this is going to end up being this episode, watch Aliens is the sentiment that I would like to give you. So, yeah,
1: you know, our, our, did our Matrix one have a non-spoiler section? Because that um, one ended up being, like, the same length as the movie.
0: <laughs> I don't know if it... I don't think it did. Maybe, I think maybe there was, like, a vague kind of, like, we won't go too far into it, and then mm-hmm. but, we, but then we hit a certain point, and it was like, well, you know, all bets are off now. Uh, we've taken the red pill, we've went down the rabbit hole, mm-hmm. and... Yes.
1: Enter the desert of the real. <laughs> oh, my
0: God. I mean, someone actually justified why that line's there in the comments. It was just a reference to a famous piece of philosophy. But mm. it still sounded awkward in the scene. I'm just, I'm just, I appreciate that it has meaning. I appreciate that it's not just a dumb line that was put into a script. There was thought behind it, but it uh, still comes off a little silly in the scene. Uh,
1: so. <laughs> I did see that comment, and I appreciated it as someone who does not study philosophy or has... Never studied philosophy, really.
0: Yes. Uh, so, I mean, where do we begin with Aliens? Where, where, I mean, where, where does one start with the, the most perfect movie ever made? Uh,
1: Sigourney,
0: maybe? Sigourney. So so Ripley. We'll Ripley? Ripley. Yeah, Ellen Ripley uh, as a character. Uh, I mean, I, I think what I'll start by saying is that Aliens, especially when you, you watch it over and over, uh, as I have done, as many of us have done, is I think you really start to notice how good the script is for the characters, and uh, obviously Ripley has the huge arc, Ripley has the huge growth, but it's very impressive how many of the other characters have something. They have something that is a story. uh, Obviously not all the colonial movies do, but you do have everyone who basically survives the first big thing, everyone who's left after that, pretty much has something. They have Mm -hmm. some sort of through line throughout the rest of the movie that you can say this is what their story was, this is what their their journey was and that's very impressive it's something that you know most movies they'll, they'll do a couple of characters and the main character and then they will you know that's it. they'll wash their hands of it everyone else is fodder everyone else is a red shirt doesn't matter this movie doesn't do that uh but ripley of course does get the uh the main line share and there's so much of what what you know her thing is part ptsd and the trauma she went through in the first movie which did have an element of her like sort of fighting for herself and having the strength But in this movie, starting off in a place of absolute terror, of waking up in cold sweats, of being terrified and having to face her fear again, having to face her trauma to really overcome it and the journey of that. And, of course, that extends then to to Newt and the idea that she becomes this this mother figure and uh, that she, in many ways, by having someone to protect, is able to find her own strength and, you know, thus we get one of our most kind of empowering arcs of, you know, a movie for, for a female character of, of the era. Uh, and for many a year, it was one of the, the examples. So somehow James Cameron back to back did Terminator and Aliens, which are two of the best, uh, like, you know, just strong female hero like journeys mm-hmm. of the time. And then would not even be t- approached or touched by almost anything for a long ass time uh yeah and and to an extent i'd say they're still kind of at the top of the mountain like obviously there's a lot more examples now which is great i don't know if i would say most of them are as good as as these but you know that's, sure. that's maybe a discussion to get into um so I, 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 I mean do you like uh where ripley kind of starts this movie off Do do you like the the sweats and the terrors do you i mean or, or actually i'll ask you about, about a very specific scene actually how do you feel about the scene where she has to stand in front of the company like executives and try and justify what she went through as they gaslight her to shit about <laughs> what happened like, that's crazy woman's talking about an alien dumb broad shouldn't know what she's <laughs> talking about
1: well it's still very much true to her character from the first movie you know hmm. we have a different director a different writer this time and so but it still very much seems like she's so, she's still so grounded which she was in the first film like she was even in the beginning of the first movie it's not obvious that she's like the final girl of the horror of the first alien movie but she's always like the most grounded and the most like logical of everybody Who's on that ship on the Nostroma, right? So, in this one, she still kind of carries that trait through where she's like, yeah, she's being gaslighted, like you said, <laughs> by a bunch of executives with weird popped collars of the future. Yes, but... the weird
0: pop collars. Well, I love the pop collars. <laughs> when Paul Riser first walks into that hospital room and he's got this weird pop collar thing going on, and I'm it's like, don't, the
1: future. Don't trust him. He's
0: clearly the villain. Don't trust them. Ripley. Don't
1: trust him. I do think Paul Reiser is interesting casting for, for the character though, just because at the time he was like mostly known for comedies and stuff. He well, was a comedian.
0: He was a comedian, but he wasn't like a big name yet. I think that's because I remember this from the, uh, from the commentary of all things. I don't remember a lot from the commentary track, but I do remember James Cameron saying, you know, he cast him. <laughs> But then after Aliens, he kind of became you know Mad About You became a thing like after Aliens, so he became more mm-hmm. of a household name as a comic comedic actor to the to the world after that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think wasn't Diner like before before Aliens, and that was like a big comedy hit. I think he was known for that.
0: I it mean, was Maybe he was yeah. like a
1: big name, but um, yeah, I think I, he's he's an interesting casting. I've not listened to the commentary. I almost did today. Because I thought, you know, I've seen Aliens so many times, maybe I'll just watch it with a commentary. (laughs) But I thought, well, Peter's obviously watched it with commentary, so I'll let him (laughs) sprinkle all the nuggets in. (laughs) I I don't don't
0: have that many nuggets from the commentary. Uh, It's, I mean, it's, it's annoying because it's like they've edited together like three different recording sessions and part of me wishes they didn't do that and just, you know, let the James Cameron one go on its own the full way. Let the cast group together go on their own the full way because because the cast group is like paxton michael bean lance henriks and Jeanette goldstein it's like yes let me hear these four people just talk to each other over the movie for (laughs) i tend not to
1: enjoy the the cast ones as much as like the director though because the director always has like really interesting stuff to say the cast were like we had a lot of fun
0: (laughs) i mean it it depends how much chemistry they have i mean sometimes
1: if you're just hanging out like if you're not watching the commentary for like the interesting little trivia nuggets and you're watching it just so you can feel like you're hanging out with the people that you love from the movie, then, yeah, that's fun.
0: Because if I remember correctly, you know, Cameron brings up the disputes he had with like, the crew and stuff. And then I think the caster maybe It's not that he's not candid about it, but the caster may be a little bit... Their perspective is a bit more interesting because they're sort of seeing it from, like, a, a third-party perspective where the crew... Because mm-hmm. they shot it in England and the crew in England were very, like... Oh, it's you know, two o'clock is when the the little tray with the the tea comes in and the biscuits. So they all run to go get tea. And camera's like, "No, we're not done this scene. No, you can have your break when we're done the goddamn scene." Uh, so,
1: but it's biscuit hour.
0: It's tea time. Oh, uh, British people! It's uh, you know, it, it's it's a thing, and I. But yeah, so. Uh, what was the point we're getting at? We're back to rip like, <laughs> in pop collars and whatnot. Yeah, the executives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the executive scene for a number of reasons. I I, I do love that the, they do essentially try to gaslight her. They just don't believe her. Um, if I have like a, even a nugget of a complaint about any of this, is that in the first movie, the implication or the feeling we get that the company's ordered them to go and check out this, this signal, and the Ash has been told to like make sure they bring back a specimen. You get the feeling that this is a company mandated thing, whereas in this movie, the company doesn't seem to know much about it. But Paul Reiser is interested on his own, which yeah. maybe maybe it just suggests that there was like one executive back in the you know the first movie who was like sending these orders rather than or the whole company knows about aliens and wants them and wants to do testing and shit. But.
1: Right? Yeah, I, I think it's. I mean, it's been a long time, right? She's like she's been floating in space 50, for a while, so there is time years, yeah. for for like people to be replaced and not be told about this other thing.
0: Yeah, it's it's just, it's a really good point to make. Is that like the guy who's talking to her might be old enough that he was born when all this happened, but only just. Like he's yeah. you know, he's, he's 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 probably still in his fifties, uh, so he might have been like one <laughs> when when Ripley's <laughs> whole ordeal went down. Uh,
1: right right but sh- like maybe maybe there's like a, an embarrassing like email or something that says that we tried to get this alien and mm. things failed and stuff like that and only Paul Reiser is like wow that's really cool I will remember that and then had an opportunity to follow up on that years later but um, maybe everybody else is like this is just a blurb in a company's history that we've you know that's been forgotten
0: if I'm going to headcanon it I'm going to say that it was more known at the time but because they lost contact with the ship, they scrubbed all records because they didn't mm-hmm. want to be investigated for it. And then of course Paul Reiser then discovered it again from Ripley and is like, ooh was this...
1: Are you are you wearing a whale and New shirt?
0: I am wearing a whale in shirt. <laughs> I suspected. Building better worlds. Yeah, she's seen the commercial. Uh so <laughs>
1: Well it's also the Blu ray um like uh background when you're on the menu screen which is but which is beautiful like the the blu-ray looks so good by the way oh
0: it's so so stunning
1: i've been watching so many streaming movies in like you know hd and stuff but like that blu-ray disc nothing beats it
0: yeah (laughs) it looks so good the 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 bit rate of a blu-ray versus the bit rate of a of a stream Mm -hmm. is just it's
1: a dark movie too there's i mean there's a lot of scenes that take place just on a dark planet in a room with lights out like it's it just it just makes such a difference it looks it's, so good
0: <laughs> and, I, and i've streamed things at 4k now you know i got a 4k tv last year and 1080p blu-rays look better than streaming at 4k they just do um mm-hmm. it's, it's still much better because it's just done physical media and that you know every time i think i'll just get used to streaming and i won't have to worry about ever buying a blu-ray again and it's just this week and then a couple of weeks ago we did the matrix and both times i watched my blu-ray copy and i'm like this is so much better like you know, you can you can tell that I'm sort of giving in when I've not watched one in a while because I'm like, I've mm-hmm. oh, just, all, you know, I've only been watching streaming stuff or digital stuff for the last, you know, six months, and then the time will come where I'll be, oh, it's Blu-ray time, and I'll be, like, oh wait, there's a reason why I was I care so much about collecting these. There's a reason why I have a wall full of them.
1: Yeah, you got shelves and shelves. Yeah. And a bunch of shelves that you can't see.
0: Oh yeah, that's that's just the horror section. Uh the tall one. And then the one down <laughs> there's so criterions. And then that's T V. All the other genres are up behind the uh the monitor and the camera. Yeah. So
1: I, I, I really don't have that many. I gave all my Blu-rays away <laughs> because I thought, ah, oh, this is just taking up space. Uh-huh. But I kept Alien and Aliens. And I have all the Planet of the Apes movies.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah that so
1: and, I'll, I'll be watching blu-rays for a little while because we're working through <laughs> plenty of the AIDS movies
0: yeah oh, and, and you know the the alien movies got really good remasters as well so i mean aliens and aliens always look kind of rough on dvd like it was probably the one that was the most in the need of the re- remaster and it really mm-hmm. benefits uh on, on the blu-ray and the 4k blu-ray is about to come okay. out and i i have intentionally not got a 4k blu-ray player because i don't want to be like tempted to like rebuy
1: replace everything things
0: in 4k uh <laughs> But, like, the, the Blu-ray is stunning to me still, so I I can't imagine that this is night and day as going from SD to 1080p was. Like, I'm sure it is Probably better, not. but I can't imagine this is, is night and day. Maybe
1: get your favorite movie on yeah.
0: 4K. So, so you're telling me to buy a 4K player just so I can get Halloween and Aliens and...
1: Is your PS5 not a 4K player?
0: I got a discless 1. Oh, that's right. I went, I went digital with the PS5. Partly to remove the temptation of buying 4K blu rays <laughs> as well as saving the money but yeah so yeah back to this uh, the executive scene because I there's so much there's so many little things in this obviously the ending's really notable because like she gets really mad because he he, kind of belittles her he says you know this is all very suspicious so we're just suspending your license yada 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 but then on the way out she's like look why don't you just go and check the planet anyway go go check LV you know 426 just in case he says well I don't have to you know, there's there's been a you know a, a terraforming colony there for the past twenty years, and there's never been any reports. And she's like, "Wait, how many? Like, how many people are there?" He's like, 60, seventy families." And there's you know, she has that moment. She goes, "Families." And it's worth mentioning if you're watching the special edition, this comes right after the scene of her finding out about her daughter. So, the idea mm-hmm. of families is kind of in her head. It's, it's a it's a fresh notion in her in her thinking. So,
1: and if you watch the special edition, then you got to see it. <laughs>
0: yeah um
1: you got to see the families
0: and the special edition is is mostly better uh, actually the one thing that i would take out and people may have heard me say this before but i would take out where you see the families i would take out mm-hmm. the all the scenes that are on lv's 426 before like our marines get there that is the one section that i would have kept out my perfect cut of this movie is keep the stuff with the daughter that uh, scene keep all the turret stuff later with the sentries But just take out that one little chunk.
1: Well, has James Cameron said that, like, I mean, the special edition is not really a director's cut, right? It's just all the deleted scenes added back into the movie.
0: Uh, no, I think it kind of is, because he, even the intro on the, the, I don't know if it's on the Blu-ray, but on the DVD that a lot of this stuff get ported from, there was an intro that said, you know, this was the ride we intended you to take, Mm. uh... Okay. so i i think it is i think this and the abyss are definitely ones where the special and the abyss is because the abyss the actual cut is meaningless once you once you see the special edition you know of the abyss you can go back whereas alien still works
1: i was wondering how long it would take for you to bring up the abyss i'm surprised you haven't mentioned the the uh remastered for that one yet oh re- <laughs> remaster that's not even having I, anim- that, I, I figured that. that would happen first That's not even had an
0: anamorphic DVD yet. Never mind HD. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a 240p YouTube video. Try to watch that damn movie on the current DVD that exists. Mm
1: -hmm. It'll happen one day. Pull your finger out. In your lifetime.
0: (laughs) Pull your finger out, Disney. I'll be 57 years. That'll be the irony. It'll be the same amount of time
1: Ripley spent sleeping. (laughs) Just go take a nap. (laughs) When you wake up, it'll be an abyss Christmas. (laughs) <laughs> oh dear, um,
0: but I I like the performances in this scene. I like there's like there's the the woman with the really sort of like strict haircut, <laughs> the executive mm-hmm. lady who starts like reading back what Ripley said to her, and the way she kind of like pauses in the middle and says these are your words, and like sort of like really starts to grill her over the the stuff she's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, yes, a lot of what she's saying sounds fantastical. If you, you know, there's but you know, it's been fifty seven years and i have never encountered an alien life form. And this woman's telling them there was an alien life form that killed most of her crew and then she had to self-destruct everything to, you know, get rid of it. Uh, Although the irony being is that technically she didn't have to because it it was on the little shuttle anyway that she then put the airlock. That's what actually killed it. The the main ship could have been left on its own uh, in one piece if if she knew that. But, but you know, hindsight is 2020. I'm not critiquing Ripley. She, She...
1: the best yeah. she could. Although I shot. mean, if if they were if they left the Nostroma with all the dead bodies everywhere, and it was just her that survived in an ejected pod, then maybe they would have blamed mm. her for all the deaths. <laughs> I suppose uh, maybe the the the, the uh, face hugger would have been on board.
0: The face hugger would have been there. A couple of the crew were probably cocooned. There'd be some questions mm-hmm. as to how she did that. I think that's true. That's true. <laughs> What is this? Like paper mache? What did you do with it? Like, how did you do this?
1: It's a lot of KY. <laughs> well,
0: that's, that's actually what it is. It's a lot of KY yeah. jelly. <laughs> uh, I imagine they. I, I don't know what the KY jelly industry typically does, but I imagine the movie business, uh, especially this time period, probably <laughs> kept them going significantly. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. how, how many gallons of KY jelly do you think Stan Winston ordered for elites?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. All the all the workshops they all have just barrels of KY. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, I need more, need more barrels. HR Guy Giger <laughs> made them look so disgusting. I need more barrels of KY jelly to keep up with the, the ex- expectations. The expectations of the the slime from that first movie <laughs> are off the charts. There's so much pressure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. We so, get, we get at least 100 times more slime in this one.
0: Yes. I was going to try and keep this topic by topic, but clearly we're, we're struggling to do that, and we should just go through the movie, because this is <laughs> impossible. Um, so uh, the only things before that scene that I kind of want to go back and mention there, obviously the, the daughter scene, uh, which is important, uh, and establishing that you know, her daughter has died uh, of... Well, she was 66, so it's not quite old age per se. Presumably she had cancer or something um, something yeah yeah but you know but natural death is i guess the point i'm trying to make she had a natural death uh at a certain point um and yeah really had a
1: daughter that changes um a lot of the perspective of the film if you watch this special edition
0: it's still mentioned later on though is it not
1: in the theatrical
0: because there's a scene i mean maybe it's not in the theatrical cup but there's a scene later on where she mentions to newt that she's got a daughter Oh, she had the door.
1: I don't know. I um, I can't separate them now. I'm not sure.
0: You just watched the theatrical cut.
1: I know. <laughs> but I also, you know.
0: Yeah, it's okay.
1: With Make it dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen this movie so many times, I didn't think I had to pay that much attention to it. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: It's all things falling apart already. <laughs> well, okay. Well,
1: I, even... I, don't, I honestly I don't remember that conversation where she said she has a daughter.
0: She tells she's telling you later about about her daughter, and you basically says, "So she's dead." Then I, I can't remember the exact line that leads to that, but you kind of like puts two and two together because you just become a bit of a hard ass because she's survived all you know all the things.
1: She's a little um, baby Ripley
0: but I think it's funny because without the daughter set up, I mean, you still get a mother figure thing, obviously, but I think without yeah. the daughter figure up, Newt just feels more like an upgrade to Jonesy. It's like, okay, instead of a cat this time, it's a kid. Yeah. In <laughs> okay, yeah. a lot of ways, it feels that way. But in this SE where it does set up the... And I think it's notable that even Newt's mother, as much as I wish that scene was taken out, Newt's mother has very ripply hair. And I, th- I thought mm. that was very like notable when I was watching it this time. I was like, oh, you know what? I I think that's intentional to cast someone and give her the big Ripley hair uh, or someone with the Ripley hair maybe probably just give her it I mean it's a hairstyle they can just poof up
1: (laughs) yeah perms were popular back then
0: yeah yeah (laughs) um it it, so I mean the the daughter thing's important for for, uh, Ripley is is an art even though I don't even necessarily think it's the most important part of her art which I think is why you could take it out of the theatrical cut and it still works because her arc is about her getting over her fears and over her, sh- her and getting PTSD. Her strengths. Yeah. Yeah. And, and,
1: you know, being taken seriously, stuff like that. Yeah. Like she is, you know, she's brought in as an expert, which is already like, yeah, thank you for acknowledging that <laughs> after the executive scene, especially. Um, and I think it's more of like just the battle at the end where it's like mother versus mother where it kind of becomes the most important yeah, not not to like jump to the end or anything, but <laughs> you know when you're talking about the mother arc, I think that's like the most important part of it. If you uh, if you're not watching the special edition, it's honestly. Just like...
0: I mean, I think even the mother versus mother thing still works. Honestly, the only thing that I'd say really finding out about her daughter early on really does is that as soon as Newt shows up you get why Ripley kind of attaches herself to her. You get why yeah. Ripley's good at talking to her versus everyone else. Like, yeah. And, or,
1: and when she like throws herself like at her when she's, you know, in a dangerous situation still. Yeah. It's, when, it's, when it's, Ripley it, is.
0: it's not that it didn't work without it because it just, the scenes themselves tell you Ripley's good at talking to kids. Ripley's good at this. Mm-hmm. But finding out she had a daughter kind of like sets you up for it in a way where it feels just a little bit more natural. And because of that, like, you know, that, that's why it's there. That That's fundamentally why why it's there so yeah um, you know so it, it, it seems alright they've got like a crappy version of a holodeck where she's a big TV screen
1: mm-hmm.
0: and she's on a little bench I thought <laughs> this, is, this is the more grounded sci-fi Star Trek's a bit too fantastical we're gonna have like you know holograms with hard light that can move around and can hit us <laughs> aliens sure. big TV big TV with a few bushes in front of it <laughs> sure yeah that's the tech that's the tech Um, well they
1: gotta keep it like consistent with the with the nostromo i mean it's ahead 57 years so they have some advances in technology but it's gotta look like the same world pretty much right uh,
0: it's gotta look at the same world i I don't think you have to keep it too i mean i appreciate that it does stay in the same world and there are some differences but Mm -hmm. 57 years is enough time to like like think about how much technology's changed for us in the last 57 years. If you go back 57 years, like I mean, so much of the stuff we have now is barely 20 years old. Flat screen TVs, uh mobile yeah. phones, the internet. Like so much of this stuff is 20 to 30 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> 57 years ago, it's like, oh, a microwave. Oh. <laughs> Think about what people were driving. Think about what people were wearing. Things look so different. So
1: yeah, yeah, totally. Um,
0: that's it. Oh, that's it. There's an argument that stuff in space would not change as much because it would like be built and then last for, you know, a long ass time. Like, you know, why would they decommission a space station or something like that? Well, they wouldn't. It would right. It would be there for <laughs> until they have to abandon it because it just becomes useless and it's going to fall apart. Right. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: Why would they? So, oh, this is Tara's dogs, so. yeah. <laughs> me a yeah Yeah, back
1: home so <laughs> yeah so back home from my trip my work trip so i'm back with the animals
0: yeah i like the small touch as well to start where the uh the guys uh like the people who find her are like they're mm-hmm. they're actually wanting to salvage the ship and they're actually yeah
1: they're like raiders of some type they're, 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 like, they're all right we found some space junk
0: they're disappointed when this oh she's alive oh well there goes a salvage <laughs>
1: Uh, so we have to call some people. Yeah.
0: I, although, I do dig that uh, Jonesy is actually sleeping on Rip, Ripley the same way that, like, at least my cats sleep on me. Like, it was a very natural cat just, like, snuggling into their side kind, mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of position. <laughs> uh, I love the idea that the cat's been in that position for 57 years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right.
0: What a cat nap. Uh, it's good stuff.
1: Um, Do you like that it opens with
0: a dream? Uh, I don't mind it. Because the way I always take this scene, which is because we get a lot of exposition in this scene, I, I take yeah. this as this scene basically happened exactly earlier that day, and Ripley's replaying it in her mind, and it's just the ending that's different. Uh, yeah. Because everything he tells her, the, the, the way the conversation flows, all feels real. Like the way she yeah. finds out about 57 years. Uh, the the way she About finds... the pop
1: collars of the future.
0: Yeah, like I, I like the detail that she doesn't recognize the space station because it didn't exist when mm-hmm. she left Earth. <laughs> it just wasn't here. uh Just you know, simple little things like that. um do you know, That's the sort of thing. If this was like a modern movie and it was like an MCU movie, like the character who wakes up would be like, "What's with the pop collars? What are these pop collars <laughs> of the future? All like eh. they have
1: to be quippy, yeah."
0: Yeah. <laughs> I I miss movies not having to be quippy, you know. And I, I I enjoy a good quippy movie. I do, but everything's. I mean, you're a out. Joss
1: Whedon fan. You have to.
0: Yeah, everything's quippy now. Don't don't say it like that now. It's, it's, it's not. It's, <laughs> bad, bad time to just be thrown around the phrase Joss Whedon fan.
1: <laughs> Fine, you're a Buffy fan. You have uh, to love quips.
0: I I'm a fan of much of Joss Whedon's work. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I. Uh, it's there's a lot of little things that sort of set up the world and i I guess we're all something that i think is fantastic in this movie and we haven't even Mm -hmm. got to the good stuff yeah the good stuff all comes when they get to the you know the planet but yeah even this stuff with the space station and yes the pop collars and or even one detail that i love is that they all have like really wide glasses and cups like whenever they're like having coffee or something it's like really shallow Mm -hmm. but wide cups and it's really impractical because when uh I think it's uh, it's Burke, uh, Paul Reiser, who goes to put I think, milk in his coffee, and when he sits back down, it's like swishing side to side, and it's starting to go over the edge because it's that shallow. <laughs> this is not practical, but I get it, because you want it to be kind of different and weird because it's the
1: future. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I noticed that detail. I also, I think, the especially in, in that scene, you know, there's a lot of white lights in the background. It kind of reminds me of like the I don't know if it's a yeah, kind of an executive scene also in 2001 mm. where they're in that that room that and then everybody's having this like important conversation about aliens, and it's also in a similar style. It's just like the I, the, I the mean, bright white lights in the background. That, it's probably intentional.
0: It's I mean I'm going to go out and alum here and say that James Cameron might be a fan of 2001: A Space <laughs> Odyssey. Just a, just a, just a hunch.
1: Well, yeah, I mean also he uses the same ballet suite in the opening credits or in the, the end credits opening. It goes into a, a song that was also used in two thousand one. So, so, so yes, probably.
0: So just the end credits then. That was a really weird way of saying
1: that. Yeah, the end credits goes <laughs> but but then the, but it opens with the suite and then it goes into like the you know, the music. Sure, sure. Music.
0: I mean most credits last long enough that they'll they'll switch tracks in the middle Mm -hmm. somewhere that's 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 pretty pretty common um
1: it's kind of a blend yeah where it just kind of blends into new music from the ballet suite
0: i mean hell i mean these days credits on some movies are so long you you get time for an album (laughs) when you get get to those credits when you get to the wall of visual effects artists it's just like all right it's time to get the uh, Bohemian rhapsody (laughs) going that's a nice 10 minute song It keep us going for the next little while right um so yeah i mean Ripley's choice to go back i i think our motivation because she's like adamant she doesn't want to go because you know the burke and gorman who's our lieutenant they show up at her door they say they've lost contact with lv426 and they want to go in and see it may just be like you know maybe their communicator tower you know their, their relay towers down or something It maybe may be nothing serious but uh we want to go in and check it out um and you as an expert should come. And she's like, hell no, I ain't going, are you kidding me? <laughs> you me? And Right. I, I think... Uh, Do you know how many
1: eggs are there? <laughs> Hundreds.
0: <laughs> not that it's, like, subtle. I'm sure if I watch that, because, I mean, obviously I saw this for the first time when I was so young, so I have no idea mm-hmm. how I'd experience this as a first time watch as an adult, but, like, watching it knowing, like, Burk's whole plot for the for the whole thing, uh, is that, I keep saying Burek, Burke. Uh, when Burke's the whole plot unfolds, is like, you see how manipulative he's being at these early mm-hmm. scenes where he's kind of prodding her and like, oh, you're working on the loading docks. Oh, you're a filthy grunt. Oh, yeah. It's that's all you can get now. huh? Ah.
1: She's like, yeah, it's work.
0: There's <laughs> no shame in it. I think it's great.
1: <laughs> he's pretty demeaning about
0: it. He's very demeaning. He's, he's like, well, mean, I mean, to be but she, fair. But she's
1: defensive too. She's like, Yeah. I am working that what of it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's, he's uh I mean at least from her perspective though I get why she would feel the sort of demotion cuz she 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 had a license she was like a a proper like uh yeah. ast- Well, not an astronaut it's not an astronaut anymore now in this world There was common but...
1: sort of mining yeah. chip though but before right She
0: she had a license for deep space like hauling right it was something mm-hmm. that was obviously more well paid and more prestigious than than just dock work essentially what is what she's doing um, so I get why that's a bit of like a pride hit, you know, just for herself before he even says anything. Yeah. Especially when she's
1: had it. But t- she's, she kind of like towers over him though. So <laughs> he does seem like he's, he, you know, he's a bit intimidated by her response.
0: Oh yeah. I, I believe that Sigourney Weaver could uh, beat the piss out of Paul Reiser.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if I should bring this up or not, but I, oh, no. <laughs> I listened to a a podcast, um, years ago. And they, they were talking about aliens. And I never thought about this before, but the, they brought up the casting of, of Paul Reiser and asked if it's a little bit of, like, an anti-Semitic thing. The fact that they cast a Jewish actor to be, like, the you know, corporate guy who's in interested in the bottom line.
0: I mean, my response to that is I did not know he was Jewish until you just told me. So this thought has never once even... Entered my brain. I, I had no idea he was Jewish.
1: Caught you off guard a little. That's alright. I understand. Like.
0: He makes this offer uh, that she will be reinstated as a pilot and get her license back if she goes. And she tells him to piss off. Which is fair enough. Mm-hmm. But then she has another nightmare. She has a, another chestburster nightmare. We don't see it this time. We just, we just you know, she wakes up in the cold sweat. And she calls him. She's
1: reaching for her chest and
0: yeah. stuff like. She yeah. she she calls him and says like, "You need to promise me this mission. Like, if you find anything, you're going to destroy them, right? This is not about bringing them back." And again, like on a rewatch, this is like, "This sleazy bastard! Like everything he does once he gets there is about bringing them back." <laughs> but he's like, "Oh, <laughs> you have my word on that, Ripley. You have my word." Um, and sh- sure enough uh you know, she says I'm in and like, that's just that you know cuts the call and it just it, it just cuts to the ship i think what's really fascinating to me about this is that when it does cut to the solaco it does kind of treat it like the start of alien again where we mm-hmm. get you know the the shots of the various sections of the ship and the building up to them waking up out of the, the cryo sleep and you know, obviously the design of the cryopods is a bit different. And that's fine cuz it's a very different ship. I mean, not only is it 57 years later and there's a lot of new ships, it's also a military ship. So it does it makes sense mm-hmm. that they would probably look very different. Uh it makes sense that everything in here is designed a bit differently.
1: Everybody can sleep with her shirt on now.
0: Yes. But at the same time, there <laughs> there are like obviously these like through lines that make you feel like the same world like they have an android on board, they have cryo sleep. They have yeah. I guess the one thing that isn't there is the idea of the computer that's controlling everything. That is something that comes back in Resurrection, but mm-hmm. uh, it's not here in this. Not that Mother's it's missing. Mother's not there, it. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I
1: kind of forget about it, honestly, until you mentioned it. <laughs> I forgot that that's a thing.
0: I, honestly, I wasn't even thinking about it during the movie. It's just as I was describing the you know the similarities and what's different. It just kind of popped in my head. Oh, yeah, there's no, there's no computer. Well, they don't
1: have a central room with just blinking lights all over the walls. Nice. That room that's a pretty big looking
0: ship but I mean, you, you you only see a fraction of it they, they <laughs> could have may, many a blinking light room for all we know
1: <laughs> right ripley just doesn't have authorization to go into it
0: yes yes uh but she does have a license to work uh the power loader uh mm-hmm. which obviously is your big uh it's such a weird thing to say this but it's a check suit, basically <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those th- it's introduced so early on for one little joke scene where they're kind of impressed that she's a bit of a you know like get her hands dirty go get her she'll <laughs> get involved she wants to do something and you know apone's all impressed um but i i do like the idea that the movie you know even without the special edition it's still over two hours long and the special edition is almost two and a half hours i i do like the idea that maybe audiences in the first viewing when they get, you know, because there's such a big event when they're escaping the planet at the end that it feels like enough of an ending. That I do like the idea that people did forget that there was something set up that still wasn't paid off, and then yeah. just so that just so that when she comes back into that room at the end wearing that power, they'll be like, "Holy shit!" She's about to fight <laughs> this this thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fist pump <laughs> moment, right?
1: Absolutely. Uh,
0: I mean, because I, think... that, I was gonna say that's the journey for Ripley. It's just, like she goes from being scared, she goes from. There's so many moments when they first get on the planet where, obviously, the big ones where she won't walk into the, the building and she's in the rain and Hicks turns around and says, Hey, you okay? And that's the first sign that there's going to be some sort of bond between them. But one that I only just... I, mean, I don't know if it's the first time I noticed it, but I noticed it this time, is that when they're in the, the sort of lab area, there's a, there's a little moment where Ripley flinches when someone, like, sort of brushes past her. And I don't think I've noticed it before. And it's just a little thing in the performance where... She's that on edge the entire time. And you compare that to the end of the movie where she's making the choice. She's saying, no, I'm choosing to go back and go in. It's, it's the classic hero thing where you stop running, you turn around and say, no, I'm going to fight this son of a
1: bitch. Yeah. You know? Uh, well, there's a scene where they're they're hearing the beeps because Newt's around. And yes. somebody uh, drops a thing that, like, knocks something over that's on oh, a it's, it's, table it's, or something. It's, it's, and that's when she's like, <laughs> she freaks a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that
0: happens before that when there's nothing even creepy happening it's just just someone walking past there made her jumpy uh, mm. but on that note though the person who knocked that over was gorman which was just kind of also part of the, his character is that he's kind of useless and he, you know, <laughs> he tries to present himself like he's in charge like he's the boss but as he clearly uh, shows throughout the it's, film he's
1: yeah it's, it's a thing that you see in a lot of military films too because it's like the officer versus enlisted thing mm-hmm. Because yeah. officers have all the training, but they don't have the, you know, hands-on experience that the enlisted do.
0: I think that's important. though. I, I think having something that you recognize like that in here
1: makes it grounded. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think there's a reason why every military movie after Aliens is trying to yeah, make the, the Colonial yeah. Marines aliens. <laughs> all those relationships and stuff like that is... This is uh, the... The blueprints that are cloned forever <laughs>
0: after. That, that's because the they're so memorable the core set of them. Like and it's very easy to sort of like I say, they all have their mm-hmm. own character thing throughout the movie and we're introduced to, you know and obviously, yes, you have Michael Bean, you have Bill Paxton, you have some great actors that are very memorable and likable. Bill Paxton, like every line he almost has in this is is quotable and yeah. and memorable. Even you know, Apo and the sort of the sergeant, he is very quotable as well his speech when they're all waking up you know every every you know meal a bank with every paycheck a fortune mm-hmm. uh, i love the core uh, and then he offers to get bill paxton slippers for him because he's complaining about the cold floor uh, you know like all, all these things are super like, it's very easy to start remembering lines for aliens because the characters are all so well defined and it's it, it's a really a skill to have such an ensemble who aren't the main characters but mm-hmm. you do remember them and they do have their traits uh you know bill paxton uh hello hudson he he's cocky he's he's the joker he he likes to make fun of things you know he has his speech when they're going down in the drop ship that he's the ultimate badass he's like check it out he says the, the phrase check it out like four times and he's this but once shit actually goes down he's the one who's scared he's the one who's panicking he's the one that's doing all this and if i i remember when i spoke to connor about this the first time i'd ever really thought about this is how great of an arc he has with newt uh which we'll talk a little bit about later but, Not, but her in charge. Yeah, no, but there is actually a kind of a through line with the two of them that's really nice. And,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, while he, well, he does ultimately die, he actually dies kind of being the ultimate badass he claimed he was early on. He kind of becomes it by the time he dies. And it's kind of a, like, it's almost like a winning moment for him, even though he tra- dies a horrible, tragic, you know, alien's death. So, I love
1: I love his death at the very end, like because he, he's shouting and he's you know the one that talks all the time yeah. <laughs> that the alien just covers his mouth, that, and that pulls him in. That's a neat bit of humor moment. But no, but yeah. he's
0: actually instead of being scared, he's yelling "F you" and "F you too" as he's, he's like blasting aliens left and right. And he's
1: taking all of them out. Yeah, yeah.
0: He's, he's he's doing whatever he can before before he goes. uh You have garmin who of course is is horrible, and the one who like gets the most angry at him is Vasquez. And they, you know, they die together in sort of a moment of respect, where they've kind of bonded and they've you yeah, know.
1: it's like a it's like a you know brothers in arms.
0: Yeah, you know, he he's earned yeah. her respect a little bit by the end, and uh, mm. you know, he came
1: back for her. Don't yeah. ever leave a marine behind.
0: And you know, yeah. so it, it, that stuff's there. It, obviously, Michael Bean's the uh, Hicks. He he has the the chemistry. He has the the story with Ripley. Uh, he's you know some sort of like. You know, kind of a rock for her who teaches her how to use the guns and stuff and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, these characters, Björk, of course, is the, is the villain who just gets more villains as the movie goes on. Uh, even some of the minor ones who do die in the first initial kind of wave, like, even some of them are fairly memorable. Drake, who's Vasquez's buddy, because the, the other two that have the big steady cam looking, like, gun holsters. Uh, and then you've got Frost, uh, who. Spockmire. Yeah, Spokemaier. Frost I always remember, uh mainly just for uh, the line what we're supposed to use, harsh language, when they're told they can't use their main their main weapons. Um So but it's a it's a very neat thing to be able to juggle this many characters and have them sort of stick out enough that even I mean sure. I'm not saying that everyone remembers all their names the first time they watch it, because it's a lot of names, but and I only know the names because I've seen it enough times now that they've all kind of sunk in. And and I'm not right. good at remembering names. Like, I, I, I take a long well, time. Well, there's a lot of them. I yeah. mean, even
1: some of them, we never learn their names. They don't really have any dialogue.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely. Or they
1: have barely any dialogue.
0: Um, Yeah, that was probably a good time to talk about Vasquez and the, the, uh, the one controversial element uh, sure. that the film has, which, to be fair, I didn't even know about until... I was probably much much later yeah. for me as well. I was probably in my twenties before I even like. And the funny thing was, is I knew she was the same actress that was in other things that I'd seen, and it never clicked to me that, like, to to be this character, they had to paint her uh, to be Hispanic. Yeah. I never like knew that.
1: She yeah, she has blue eyes. <laughs> yeah, I think I think she's just like, I, I yeah, I don't know what she is exactly, but she's not she's not from mexico
0: <laughs> no uh, i think that this is this is by no means justifies it i think the reasoning at the time because i remember a lot of the making of stuff talking about looking for american actors who were in england because that's where they mm-hmm. were shooting the movie so obviously the bigger roles they flew in sigourney obviously because they need sigourney weaver uh michael bean flew in last minute because they fired the guy that was originally cast as hicks uh neat little tidbit from all the extras is that uh, they, all the Colonial Moons spent time together in boot camp so they'd have that kind of real bond together. But, mm-hmm. uh, and they all decorated their own lockers and armor that they had in the film. But uh, Michael Bean didn't do his because the other guy did it. And then he came in because he complained that like his armor has like a heart on it or something and he didn't do that. Like everyone else did their own armor. He didn't do his.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it was a social <laughs> But That's
1: interesting.
0: Uh, so part of the reason might have been that the pool of actors they had access to that had american accents at the time in england i mean if that's if that's the case though my response is will just change the character's name and make her a different race make her her right. own race because why why you go through this effort why is it so important to the character that she she be hispanic if if you can't get an Hisp- hispanic actress uh, right yeah so i mean and
1: it, not just that but like there's a lot of white people in mexico <laughs> Like maybe she can pull off the accent. You don't have to like change the color of her skin.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, this is why these things were like. Obviously, it's wrong. I mean, I don't think yeah. it takes away from the movie for me in the sense that I accept that this is something in the past. Uh, it should never be done again. And but yeah, it is there. And you can, you know it is something that was done. And clearly, this was just not something they even considered a problem when they did it. It doesn't sound like yeah. It, and
1: it's well, it's not as obvious too because she's a good actress and like Vasquez is an awesome character. It's not like when it's, you know, it's it's not done as like a a, a comedy thing or anything like no, that. So it's not quite as insulting when you when you watch it. Like if you watch it back now, like unless you're told, "Oh, this woman is not actually from Mexico. She's actually wearing brown contact lenses and they tan her skin to look like this." Like, "Oh, that's kind of messed up." But like when you're watching the movie, there's nothing that's obviously cringe about it, unless you are told that this is what's happening.
0: Yeah, and and I, and I will accept that people better suited to discussing this, mm-hmm. uh, and I suppose by that I really mean you know people of the the race that she's portraying. But the maybe there are some tropes in there that they can recognize that are maybe a little problematic in the sense that oh, you've given this character these tropes. But yeah, fr- from I think from a more general perspective for everyone else. which does not erase any problems if there is some problematic tropes in there is that Mm -hmm. yeah she does just come across as a badass and we kind of like her being a badass and we like her kind of try to kill gorman and we 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 kind of appreciate (laughs) yeah you know who she is in the movie she
1: has like she has some of the best lines Uh, like her opening line where she insults you know hudson is is great and so memorable and you know the scenes that she has with uh uh, I already forgot his name, Drake. Yeah. Uh, you know, are, are great. Um her arc with um with the officer is great with the lieutenant. Like it's it, all of her stuff is really awesome. And like when you when you leave the movie, like when you think about the Marines, like Vasquez is on the top of the list for a lot of people as yeah. a badass um, character. So yeah. I I mean I understand also like yeah this is maybe not the conversation for us but from the outside looking in, like, I had no idea and uh, she was always a character that I looked up to <laughs> no, know, I mean from the film. I,
0: I think the thing to make clear here is, no, this is not the... Com- I mean, our our conversation on this is not the, the important conversation or the important version of this conversation. There are going to be people who you should listen to far more than us on this topic. Yeah. However, um, I do think to not talk about it and sort of sweep it under the rug would also be a mistake. So oh, I think absolutely. we have to we have to acknowledge it uh, because, I mean, I, I I'll put it this way. I think it's important for white people to acknowledge when something's problematic because if we're not acknowledging <laughs> sure. anything, then nothing ever, you know, we're not helping anything change. But, yeah. I mean, you know, it's... But she has a very likable character, which is the thing about it. It's just, you know, it's this, this, the... the she's,
1: yeah, she's a badass. Like, Vasquez is awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh, so... The other character, I mean, Ripley has like multiple arcs, which is kind of the great thing. Is she has an arc with Bishop, who's the android played by Lance Henriksen, who's another fantastic character. Um and Who can
1: actually do the thing, the 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 thing with the knife?
0: Yes, he. And I don't, th- I don't think he knew beforehand. I think he intentionally learned it for this movie. <laughs> really? <laughs> I I vaguely remember him saying that he he started practicing it on the plane or something. Not with a real knife, obviously, but with like a pen or something. Like he started practicing it on the plane as yeah. he was flying to England, uh, which is <laughs> insane. Uh, I wonder how many, like... I mean, maybe if he got really good with like, something that wasn't a knife first, but I wonder how many cuts he I actually mean, he
1: didn't got. Have, he didn't have any bandages when he did the, the scene. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I wonder if that was a case of, oh, you, we have to get this in the first take, because if he messes it up, he's gonna, his hand's going to be wrecked for... <laughs>
1: and bill paxton
0: i'm poor bill paxton
1: i'm sure that was real fear in bill paxton's (laughs) scream
0: i love the way his like his scream gets louder and louder the quicker and don't get me wrong it is a little bit sped up like the shot of the hand is sped up you can tell Mm -hmm. but obviously he's still doing it pretty fast in terms of like how scared bill paxton should be
1: <laughs> like yeah you know. I'm sure. it's probably not like a real knife it's probably pretty dull but like oh sure yeah
0: yeah sharp. <laughs> oh yeah yeah there's not going to be a fully sharpened knife for obvious reasons no. but um it, it's, it's 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 a really good moment um yeah because you know, i think ripley though ripley's arc with bishop of like being scared of him being angry with him being very judgmental of him and then by the end kind of accepting that he you know he is good i think her being able to trust people again uh or i mean obviously specifically an android but the idea that by the end of this film she finds someone to confide in which is is hex she finds someone who she can feel important to which is mm-hmm. which is new and like sort of be that mother figure and she also learns to i mean not forgive android i don't know why i say that but I think that was an important element to, well, like... to see,
1: to see him as an individual though. Right. Yeah. Cause like, because Ash was, it was so human because androids have gotten to the point now where they're, you can't tell them apart except it, unless you see their blood or unless they have some sort of a, you know, hiccup in their programming where she just like fully trusted him. But he had this one thing that he was programmed to do that made her like, Oh yeah, you're not human. She doesn't see him as human and, anymore. And that was really the betrayal to where now she just like, I don't have trust for any synthetics because they can be programmed, they can be manipulated. Not like a person, I mean a person can also, but like, she sees them differently.
0: Yeah, but I think it's not even just about specifically the androids though, I think it's more about her finding hope again. And like, being able to trust en- you know, anyone, and like, you know, given what she went through, and how scared she is to do anything, how broken she she would be because it, obviously it's not that she comes across as a weak character she survives alien she you know she pulls out all the stops and makes it out alive and she does go back for the cat that's like the one sort of heroic kind of moment but in this movie the reason why she is such a great character partly is because the characters who think they're badass and obviously bill paxton's at the front of this because he actually has the speech and all that but the characters who think they're badass, even Gorman, who thinks he's a good boss, who thinks he's in charge, who makes all these orders, and then looks like an idiot when things go wrong, or he drops things, or he's embarrassing at points. Mm-hmm. Like these people who think they're important, or think they're special, or big. Or even Paul Riser fits into this. He thinks he's he's deserving of this success. All or, of these or people. Or Vasquez,
1: who are like, who's who's just like, I I just need to know one thing where they are, and I'll yeah, kill them. Like, the, no, you're yeah, not the, taking it seriously.
0: Yeah, you know? the machismo. Yeah. Uh but the one character, uh, you know, Ripley, she takes it seriously, she fears it, and she does have to get stronger to like fight it, and that's part of her arc of the film. But I think that's why Hicks is kind of the one who gets to survive, because he's the one who kind of takes it a bit more seriously right from the get go. He's the one who listens to her first. Mm-hmm. Um and likewise Bishop, just because of what he is, he never treats it like a joke. He he never treats it eth in other than just like a factual thing that may happen. Um and newt of course is you know she knows it's real she survives she earns her her survival at the end of the movie Mm -hmm. like the characters who all survive all kind of earn and it's not that the ones who don't are are irredeemable like i say like a lot of them have like good kind of final beats before they go they kind of like make up for their faults but um it's it's a a movie about because we said this a lot about alien about how ripley's a sensible one that's why she survived she she survives because she tries to follow the rules she survives because she didn't want to break quarantine which is still a Mm -hmm. sentence that it feels very relevant uh (laughs) right now can you believe the pandemic still going on a year later um since we did alien but
1: yeah that's true
0: yeah so so there's a lot of that in here so it's one of the things that i um i talked a lot about when i the last time i talked about die hard as well is how uh that for that movie, for as much as people think of it as the fun action movie, um the reason why John McClane survives in that movie is because all the idiots, like the cops outside and the FBI all think they're hot shots, who want to shoot things. John McClane actually takes it seriously and that's why he, the the movie's actually way more about sensible gun use than most people probably think it is, because the one character who doesn't treat it like it's a game I mean yeah, he has some one liners, but he doesn't you know, he he treats the situation seriously at all times. <laughs> He's not Agent Johnson and so on. So there's a lot of that in Aliens, bizarrely, because you have this character who treat, treats it like a serious threat, who doesn't just sort of hand wave it. Uh, and how many <laughs> events in human history are much worse than they should have been because people don't take the thing seriously. Uh, we're it's kinda, just
1: another bug hunt, man. Yeah,
0: We're kind of living in one right now, for example. But uh, you, you watched Chernobyl with me. You, you remember how much worse that was for a lot of people just because... People said, ah, it's fine. It's not that bad. There's a 3.6. Yeah. Not great, not terrible, you know.
1: <laughs> Just go on the bridge and watch the radiation. That's cool.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, like, I think there's a lot of that in this movie. Uh, and it's a lot of a lot of the reason why it's easy to root for, root for Ripley. Because yeah. she is the one who's making sensible choices. She is she's figuring things out even when she puts two and two together about Burke later on you know all, all those moments and of, and of course just the fact that she takes action you know when, when Gorman mm-hmm. can't take action early on when they first go into the nest and she's the one who grabs the APC controls and drives them in to save them uh,
1: I love how chaotic it is too like she's not good at it she's just oh, like no. doing whatever it takes to get to those marines to save whoever is left yeah the ones who
0: have had training are the ones who I mean not all of them but you know the, the, the one key person in this case like he panics and he can He doesn't know what to do. He just he freezes. And she's yeah, the one. Well, things aren't
1: going by the book. Well, you know what it is. It's when Apoc or apo goes right. Like once he goes, it's like oh, this is serious because he's the one. He's like the guy with the, you know, with the with the rank, the and, military
0: history, the experience. Yeah, with
1: the experience. So like he, even though he's like enlisted, versus the lieutenant, lieutenant's still over him. Like they're both in charge. And like Ape from like from when we meet him, and he comes out of cryo sleep and sticks a stogie in his mouth right away and starts talking about how much he loves the core. We're like, this guy's this guy's good. This guy's serious. Like he sees some he's seen some shit, and I, I he think, knows how to handle it.
0: I think that's the interesting comparison with Ripley is that she doesn't have obviously have the military background or the training, but it's it's pointed out to us. It's very specifically pointed out to us that Gorman doesn't really have any experience. You know, he mentions like, oh, I've had thirty eight. And then he does a pause, he goes, simulated. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then Vasquez is like, I've
1: only had uh, two real jumps including uh, this. But, one. <laughs> but again, that's really
0: important. Notice who asks yeah. him that question, it's Vasquez, it's not someone else. So yeah. it, right from the start, it's set it's establishing that the back and forth that's important for him is with her. And it's you yeah. know between them the whole time. Um so and that that's why when Bill Paxton like leans into Ripley and goes, Don't worry, Ripley, me and my team of ultimate badasses will protect you. I mean, it's almost a little ironic and funny in hindsight because she's the one who comes in and saves them. But yeah. even though she's not had this military background and experience, she's had a far bigger, like, I don't know, not a war zone. But like she knows her, the threat. Her, 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 she, her, ex- like, yeah. her experience in the first film is more experienced than Gorman has in any sort of situation. So, like, she, well, she's... Well, her
1: experience also tells you, like, just get the hell out of this situation as whatever it takes to get out of it don't try to be a hero don't try don't try to do anything like that just get out so like she goes in like she is kind of a hero but like she. Yeah, her, I was a very, she's uh, like don't uh, don't fight them just get out of there yeah
0: i was a very sort of disagree a little bit say well no this moment's the opposite so this is her going in to save people as much as she can right but
1: but her strategy yeah. is to just go in and get them out Oh yeah, and, and not to if... go in guns blazing or yeah, anything like uh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a smart. She's telling them all to pull out, and she's it... giving them an opportunity.
0: It's a it's a
1: smart, more
0: considered approach to handle the situation, uh, yeah. as a, as opposed to you know whatever they were doing before, which was not very strong. Because <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, her her response after this, when things calm down and they're in the APC, it's uh, you know let's just take off and you the safe for more, it's the only way to be sure. Um, yeah. And again, who is it that agrees with her? It's Hicks. You know, like, Mm. again, much like Vasquez and Gorman are continuously linked with having these little interactions, even more so than that, Ripley and Hicks are constantly having these little moments where... And then, likewise, you you know, I mentioned earlier about Newton and Hudson, you know, and and Paxton's character. Like, they have all these little things that is almost the most subtle of them because they're not necessarily directly even interacting with each other, but there's so many little things between the two of them that I love that kind of builds a little bit into his arc where obviously when things first happen, he's freaking out. Game over, man, game over. You know, especially when the, you know, the the, the plane comes in and crashes. And then he's freaking out and it's like, okay, how long till rescue if we don't show up? 17 days. And he's like, oh, you know, we may as well just die then. So the last 17 hours. And, you know, Ripley says, she's lasted longer than that with no weapons and no training. And he's like, why don't you put her in charge then? And then he says affirmative when he calms down, and then Newt copies that and says affirmative. Then later on, uh, when they're attacked by facehuggers, he's the one who specifically saves Newt because you know Hex uh, goes over and saves Ripley. He's like helping her with the facehugger, but it's mm-hmm. actually Paxton who goes and saves Newt and specifically gets her facehugger. There's so many of these little things where he he needs to calm down. He needs to get a hold of himself. He's freaking out. But later on, in the film it's like a nice little cap to the sort of this like relationship that he kind of has with newt where he's the one who comes in and without hesitation saves her life it's like a little kind of it's almost like she's kind of in a weird way inadvertently inspired him to be the better the better soldier it's it's Mm -hmm. there's a nice little thing there uh and it's it's almost like a nice callback to him at the end when she says affirmative when she's going to sleep right at the end of the movie that's what she says and that's something she Mm -hmm. learned from him Uh, it's a really neat little thing uh Throughout throughout the film, uh, between the two of them, uh, yeah, that I really dig. So, uh, the, even he's able to learn something from this kid, uh, to has yeah. the what's well, the I, I I guess a lot of the film. Again, this is the thing. I think so many people, like especially guys, will, will look at this movie and go, "Oh, this is great! The colonial ruins are badasses. Oh, the machismo of it all." But I think this movie is more about them being taken down a peg or two, and showing them, like they have to consider things. They have to take things seriously. They're not just ultimate badasses because they say they are because they feel like they are. Um, Whereas Ripley actually becomes a badass (laughs) by the end Mm -hmm. of the movie. She actually succeeds in becoming a badass. Yeah, the civilian. Yes. Um... (laughs) Before we move on, uh, just uh, all the stuff with them uh, actually arriving and getting into the, the base for the first time. and I love all this stuff. I love the sneaking around the corridors, like using the motion sensors. That's, and that's a mechanical thing that I love that they introduced. There was kind of one in the first movie with the sound, but this, mm-hmm. was, like a, no, this was like a little radar thing with the little dots, and we can actually see them coming towards them. Uh, but people have heard me make this speech before. Right? But I think it's important. Because
1: yeah, well, you just got comfortable, so I expect something, <laughs> something basically well, happening. Well, so much,
0: like, I, I realized uh, a couple of viewings of this film ago that part of the reasons why I, you know, whatever way around it is, it's not so much that one's the reason why I like the other one, it's more just that they, I like both of them for similar reasons. Is that, you know, I love the Resident Evil games. And I love Aliens. And it occurred to me that a lot of what I like about the two things is kind of similar. Now, obviously, I'm not saying the story in Resident Evil, the, you know, the, those early games is, is that good or close to aliens. But what it does have is that it has a really kind of constrained location. It has the idea of a safe area, which they have in this movie. Uh, even the idea that they come in in the aftermath of some like horrific thing, but like they, they can't find anything. But there's like signs... They, they literally in this movie at one point they read like the medical notes and it's like that's a big thing you do in those games you find like notes you find files that sort of hint at what happened uh in the secret lab underneath the mansion and stuff like that there's a lot of like survival horror in both and like a lot of this stuff when they're like first sneaking around this building and finding the face suckers in the jars and all that stuff a lot of that is kind of that so i i, I had to mention that i won't go into it much more but i just had to bring that up uh can we talk about how even though i've seen this so many times and i know what's coming every time i jump at the same jump scare every single time i watch this movie <laughs> can Which you get that give me a guess what, what jump scare do you think gets me every single time i don't know it's when they're leaving and the alien hand comes in and stops the door from shutting in the apc when hicks goes to mm. close it like the alien yeah. hand comes in and then the head comes in even though I know it's coming every time, there's something about the way it's timed that every that's time the sting gets me.
1: I don't, I don't have that, but I, I definitely have that with the first film, when, um, yeah. when what's his face is in the was is in the pipes, and then he turns around and he goes blah, <laughs> the <laughs> aliens right there. That one always gets me, even though I've seen a hundred times. Yeah, that's fair.
0: That's fair. Uh, this one, this one definitely gets me. I and I, I love that it kind of like. This movie very quickly says no. An alien can be taken down with a gun. Like, they they definitely kill some aliens when they're attacked at this first kind of yeah you know interval.
1: But they can't attack. Him. They can't attack the aliens where the aliens are like all nested up because it's right underneath. Like the I don't know what they said. The some sort of heating.
0: It's it's the fusion or something. It, it's the fusion <laughs> reactor which like operates the terraforming thing. Right. Yeah. So,
1: whatever. They can't shoot. Yes. <laughs> they can't shoot where the aliens are.
0: Which uh, Vasquez and Drake just ignore because they're nuts, <laughs> basically. Um, right,
1: because that's what they do, though, right? They ignored Ripley when she was mm-hmm. giving giving her story about what happened. Like, I love also in that scene. Just to go back to it real quick. That you know, she's she's up there and she's doing her best. She's she sounds a bit nervous, but also she's like reliving yeah. something that's real that's really difficult for her and, like, the Marines are just getting bored by it. I'm, I, yo, I'm glad you brought that <laughs> like up. Has, she has to, like, start, like, putting her foot down and being assertive in order for people to to listen to her, to take yeah. her seriously. I'm
0: really glad you brought that up. There's a lot of little things in that performance and that scene that I really... I love, and in the dialogue as well, I love that Ripley Like, before she sort of, like, toughens up a little bit, she <laughs> essentially starts putting in little details that aren't that important, but it feels very natural that her, someone who's not used to, like, you know, briefing a military outfit... Uh, right. would maybe put in like when she talks about how you know when when we were having dinner like, like that's not an important detail that they were having dinner when the chest buster happened but she puts <laughs> that in because it's kind of this natural flow of like a normal like conversation yeah uh, and she's sort of
1: like it feels very improvised too. Like yeah. it, it may have been like, "Hey, give a summary of the movie," yeah. and <laughs> that, that ch- might have been the direction.
0: She's choking <laughs> up a little bit, and she gets. I mean, and most of them are getting a little bit bored. Like Hicks is paying a bit more attention. You know, I, I think you know part of this is like you know, listen to people who actually know some. Just because you can't comprehend something, maybe take something seriously, or uh, if someone yeah. else is is an expert, or this is the best thing they've got is close to an expert for this anyway. <laughs> no one else exists right uh that knows anything about the xenomorph um but i I do love them playing you know like uh, like drake gets killed because the alien next to him gets like you know shot and those acid goes all over him Mm -hmm. so there's some gnarly deaths early on but it it does sound you know an alien can be killed with, with some of the firepower because one of the things about the first movie is that it was a bunch of you know miners or truckers that had no weapons You know, they they, they had, like, one makeshift flamethrower that they put together, and that was all they had.
1: And one alien.
0: And one (laughs) alien. And... You know, I, I think there's an argument that someone might make. So, well, it kind of devalues the alien a little bit if they can be taken out this easy. But, like, but that's kind of the point is that there's an army of them now. Well, yeah,
1: but <laughs> but also the, the alien was on a spaceship where yes. like the acid blood, <laughs> you know, you can't kill it because you can't kill it by shooting it on, you can't on a planet, but you can't on a spaceship because this is very true. that's through the hull.
0: This is very true. Um, yeah, it
1: was well established in
0: that movie. Yeah, Speaking of badass moments from Vasquez, I love that uh, just before she dies, there's a moment where she like pins the head of the alien up against like, the wall with her foot. And it's mm-hmm. a bit of a stupid move because she gets acid on her leg, but it is kind of badass that she actually pins an alien head against the wall and shoots it point totally. blank. It's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take it, you alien shit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's pretty badass. Um,
1: Have you ever referred to them as xenomorphs? Like, <laughs> I think this the movie where they where they call it a xenomorph. Um, maybe it already had that term beforehand, but
0: I think it was like on the computer screen during Alien once, mm. like when the, during the mother stuff. I think that's where yeah. it maybe popped up once.
1: But I, I never call it the xenomorph. I always call Na- it alien because neither... of the title of the movie.
0: <laughs> Na- neither do I really, but occasionally if you have to differentiate it and be specific, sure. I'll use the word. But it's not like it is kind of a silly thing because it basically just means alien. Like it's not really a a name.
1: Yeah, it's generic. But, but but it's
0: but it's become the name for that species. Just if we have to specify, we'll call it a xenomorph. Sure. uh yeah. Just just because. uh But um yeah. So you know I I I love planning in these movies like problem solving because they get into it back into it, the main area and they're like okay we can close all these shutters we have to weld these doors shut we have to make sure they can't get in here. Uh, the special edition has the adi- the addition of the, uh, the, the sentry guns, which yeah. I actually think do add a lot to the the movie because it kind of there's like three scenes with them basically. There's a the scene where they, they discuss setting them up and they set them up. Uh, there's a scene where there's the the first corridor is hit and the sentries like run out, and then there's the second corridor where the sentries like almost run out and like Hicks thinks they're about to get through, and like, there's a good moment where Ripley says, "Well." They don't know that they're empty, so they just think that's dangerous to go there now. So we're we're lucky, um. But what it does though, if you because know, I I think in my head I always remember these been mostly back to back, but they're not really. They're actually kind of sprinkled throughout a lot of this part of the movie. And what's really good about it is that it kind of effectively adds this like this countdown. Like they're getting closer. They're trying more things. Like it feels that like the safety's like shrinking. The the safety because mm-hmm. they've built a safe area. They've built this building that they're kind of like fortifying as a safe area. And it feels like it's shrinking as the movie's going on. Um, so it adds this kind of like almost ticking time bomb to the aliens coming in that I think really works. But it, I mean, the movie works without it. It does, but it is nice to, to have it there. I it's fun. Yeah,
1: but it, it, it does. But you're right. There, there's just a, a moment like when you're watching the theatrical edition where you're like, I wonder why the aliens aren't coming like towards mm-hmm. them right now. <laughs> if the aliens should totally be trying to bust through the walls, right? But like yeah. in the special edition, it makes sense because they have this
0: the thing that establishes why they're not yeah i think it's when you watch the theatrical cut i think you just assume because you you, you still see them welding doors together so you're like oh they just weld weld all the doors and that that's enough i guess to keep them out you just kind of roll with it uh but the centuries does sort of i think i like it because it's an extra step it's an extra part of like okay this is a really smart idea if they have access to this why wouldn't they do this uh yeah but they've got very limited ammo. That's another survival horror thing. You only have so much supplies to actually fight with, so you you have to make do and sort of you know whatever. So mm-hmm. uh, all, all that adds a, a great feeling to to the film. Um, so yeah, I mean, th- I mean, this is obviously where a lot of the character stuff happens. Is this this portion where they're kind of safe and they're uh, Bishop? You know, makes his big thing where he's going to go out and like try and bring down the ship because they realize the nuclear fusion reactor is going to blow up in like four hours so they're like oh crap we have to get off this planet
1: (laughs) i like that scene because uh like they're 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 watching outside and he's like wait for it and then you can see the reactor or whatever starting to outgas Mm -hmm. and then right away bill paxton's like great another thing and he just like walks away (laughs) like this is it i'm still i'm still gonna die like right when i thought i was safe (laughs)
0: <laughs> they're animals he's man how could they cut the power uh, <laughs> come on we we'll for you uh, no I, Rest in peace. I i think that stuff's fun um because obviously it's something for bishop to do and like take the initiative uh and you know like him get into that 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 really like tight pipe and like them mm-hmm. welding it behind him and like just that close-up of his face with a torch on his face as he's like just
1: it's so Sh- claustrophobic. It's he just, just shimmying to, like down. shimmy. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> it's sort of thing where it's like, okay, this is almost too unrealistic, except for the fact that he's not a human, so therefore I buy that he's okay with it. <laughs> like yeah. if this was a yeah. like human, they'd be freaking the hell out right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's his uh, Andy
1: Dufresne moment. I won't say what movie that is, so it's not a spoiler. <laughs> it's Andy Dufresne moment i don't not. want to
0: spoil it i, I think I've, I've probably seen it i don't know i mean yeah you've seen it i'll, I'll check later I'll, I'll check later
1: uh anyway so uh it's another movie where a person has to crawl through a pipe oh, there's not andy, that many
0: for, for some reason i thought you i thought i was thinking of andy kaufman and i was like what movie does andy kaufman have to i don't remember that scene of man in the moon and why would that be a spoiler <laughs> Shh. yes I but i i mean you have a uh, hex like teach ripley how to use the gun which is kind of still all back set up for later but there is a lot of nice little bonding moments here for this where you know like he he just shows her how to use the pulse rifle part and she's like okay well but this part is the like, oh, that's the great launch you should probably not uh
1: yeah they're, they're kind of flirting in this scene too which they is are. it's it's sweet, you know, because Ripley's just gone through so much. It's sort of nice that somebody is like connecting with her.
0: It's actually the, the 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 most romantic thing that we have out of the at least the first four movies. Like, there's nothing in the others that come close to their chemistry. Uh, no, I don't or, think, I think so.
1: I mean, they try in three, but
0: yeah, I mean, there is a technically she has sex with someone in three, but I mean, it's it's kind of cold and just kind of like, I'm in a prison. I suppose I'll just. <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> basically charles dance Ch- charles
0: Dan seems all right i suppose i'll go for it it could uh, be
1: that i don't like it as much just because i never trust charles dance
0: why would you he's the villain in last action hero that's that's number he's one Villain
1: in everything except for alien three
0: <laughs> i yeah i know i think they have good chemistry and i think you know, that, that first scene back in the ship where she goes into the power loader and she's like, where do you want it? When she picks up the crate. Yeah, he uh, like
1: smiles at her like, yeah. all right. He's like, oh, OK. <laughs> she, she you know, he just she... has mad respect for her, you know, and she's constantly proving herself that he's like, look, you can handle your own. But just in case, you should probably know how to work this gun. And it's just yeah. a moment for him to get like an excuse also for him to get close to her. And you can tell like there's something there. It's yeah. it's nice. It's nice for Ripley.
0: And even even the moment where he gives her the uh the tracker thing, which she ends up giving to Newt, but he gives her this tracker just in case she gets separated. And then because she kinda like takes it a little awkwardly, like, oh you're giving me a thing to her. you know, he's like, Hey, relax, it's not like we're engaged around it. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> But it comes it comes off like a, a sort of sweet, charming kinda exchange rather than anything yeah. else. Uh yeah, there's, there's chemistry there. I I think again, Ripley kind of like believing in another human being's important as well. uh Seeing someone her our own age. I mean, technically she's like like ninety, but <laughs> you know, forgetting <laughs> that part. Forgetting that part. Uh, <laughs> but you know, t- seeing someone that she can sort of confide in and like believe in. And I think this is why, like Alien Three, right from the get go, is just like horrible to anyone who loves aliens because. It just ruins it just throws away everything that aliens builds because aliens yeah. builds this aliens builds characters that we want to be okay after the film, but yeah. because there has to be a third movie, we have to ruin everything so there can be a third movie and this is one of the things that I think it is legitimately better than alien at right I mean obviously alien and aliens are both amazing films they are both mm-hmm. have their strengths and their their strengths are like they're not just good strengths they they are like they're some of the best in class of what the what movie making's ever done in their genres. Um, but one thing Alien says that I think Alien doesn't is the stronger characters that you actually kind of like and want to root for. Not that I don't like the characters in Alien in their own way, but they're not—they're yeah. not Hicks, they're not Hudson, they're not this version of Ripley, they're not new, they're not characters they're not that
1: I want. They're fun characters, also.
0: But I don't think the fun parts. Like I don't think that's the. the I mean, obviously that's part of why you like them, but I don't think that's yeah. the sole identifier here. Like
1: oh. Alien, I don't know if you remember my top 25 science fiction movies of mm-hmm. all time, but Alien was, in fact, uh, number two on my list. So, yeah, I love Alien. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: no. I, this, I'm not trying to badmouth the, Alien the here. fun
1: character is not a uh, criticism. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, this is not badmouthed. I gave it a 10, all right? Like, Alien's fantastic. <laughs> But I'm saying that the films have different strengths and one of the different strengths is even just I think Bishop's a really good example because I wouldn't describe Bishop as a fun character. He's got a couple of funny moments, but he's not a fun character. But Bishop, you root for. You care when he seemingly gets split in half and possibly maybe killed. And obviously he's not actually, but <coughs> but it
1: Yeah, it but feels Bishop like it. also has like so much personality that makes you care for him more than like you would Ash, of course, because like even in the beginning when he you know he seems to be offended by the term synthetic like he prefers artificial human you're like oh he has like feelings <laughs> that's you know something automatically like i care about him a bit more i have more empathy because and, now i know he can feel
0: and this is my point this is, this is my point is that the characters just
1: have well you're coughing so i thought i'd make it for you
0: no no i'm not i'm not complaining <laughs> i'm glad you did um but that, that was kind of also what i was saying though we're like He's not a fun character because Bill Paxton. You could be accused of, oh well, you just like him because he's Bill Paxton, and he's he's amazing. Well,
1: yeah, obviously. And
0: <laughs> oh, yes, that helps. I'm not saying that does not help. Obviously, it does. But there is enough of a little thing there uh, where you care a little bit. But even just for the characters that survive in some way, you you you're glad they survived. You you were rooting for them. You 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 want them to have the happy ending. You you really care about them, I think, by the end. Um,
1: yeah.
0: And that's something that I think is a little bit different to Alien, where you're maybe a little bit a little bit colder towards the characters. Not like super cool. I'm not saying they have no redeeming quality. I'm not saying they're not likable at all or anything like that. But I don't think they're quite in the same level as like how much I care about the survivors at the end of Aliens. Um, so. And hey, if there's plural a- Aliens, we may have to have plural survivors. I think that's a solid logic. For the movie,
1: follows.
0: I like it. <laughs> it's really quite simple. Uh, yeah. Um, so you have all that, and you have you have Burke. You have a human villain this time, not an android villain. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, Ripley sums it up perfectly when she said, "I don't know which one's worse as of the, you know, as of them, because you don't see them f each other over for a percentage. Like that line basically sums up everything you have to say about Burke, but. Well, um, one of the things well, it
1: that reminds I... you also that there's a company behind this, like even oh, sure. the first movie, there there's a corporation that is is like been driving this all along. Because you can forget about Wayland Nutani when you watch the movie.
0: Which, um, you know, I, I <laughs> there's something that I I always kind of like for a second think is a plot hole or not a plot hole, but a contrivance, and then remember that it's not a contrivance at all. And I I, I, I do this almost every time I watch it, which is wait why are they just going out and checking exactly where this alien ship is now but it's because burke sends them there it's because they know where this is now based on the the, the flight log and all that from the stromo they have all this information now that they get from ripley uh and her shuttle so it's not a coincidence that the the, the people on lv426 go out there because they've been told to go out there um
1: yeah, and speaking speaking of plot holes though of- I just want to correct a mistake I made. I didn't have it at number two. I had Mystery Science Theater, the movie, at number two. Alien was number three. So, cleared up. (laughs) But, you know, it's a list. They change
0: all the time. Do you really think people were, like, noticing that and going to... That bitch. How dare she? How dare she? <laughs> maybe, I, it maybe
1: I informed people that we made a list and they were <laughs> going to check it out and be like, what the hell?
0: <laughs> she lied. <laughs> she sits on a throne of lies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if anyone didn't know, we did make a list of our top 25. 25 or 50? It was 50. 50. Well, the top it 50. was all time. 50. Yeah. yeah. All time science fiction movies. Yes. Which we'll update one day. Yeah, yeah. Every few years. As we watch more. We'll
0: we'll update. (laughs) Things change. Times change. We see more movies. Mm -hmm. You know, there's reasons to update once in a while. Um, Yeah, now, Burke's stuff uh, I really like because he's such a slimeball. And he ultimately puts them in a really dangerous situation where he becomes this threat from within. And I think, you know, thematically, there's some really interesting stuff here. He, like, nothing about the alien, like, life cycle... Uh, Is gender specific. In fact, the first person we ever saw with a facehugger was a man in the first movie. Mm -hmm. But there is something kind of like this underlying sexism kind of layer to this where he targets the women characters. He targets Ripley and Newt as the potential host to smuggle aliens back to, you know, back to the station, back to Earth, wherever. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: I I think that's, you know, there. Um, It's pretty
1: bold of him to pick. Ripley also, just because he knows, I mean, I, I'm sure there's a little bit of the, well, a child is easy to manipulate, like mm-hmm. he he can overpower a child, but also Ripley, like he has a vendetta against because she's, you know, going to say something <laughs> if if he tries to smuggle something over, like she, she knows his, his master plan, but also like if, if Ripley knows she has something growing in her, like she's going to kill herself.
0: Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> If she, if There's she,
1: no way she's gonna she's gonna allow that to happen.
0: She 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 might kill him first, uh, but she'll definitely kill yeah. herself if she if she knows that's happening. Uh, she even asks uh, Hicks as much to 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 do the same if you know if it comes to it. Um,
1: right. It would have been way better for him to pick like Hicks or someone yeah. to or or not probably not Hicks. Like maybe Hudson would would have been a better.
0: But oh. I, I think what you just said there, you know, I mean, I, I mean although there may maybe sexism, which I'm maybe sliding in there as well, but mm-hmm. uh, the vendetta you just mentioned, like he's uh, he's probably actively like being, you know, spiteful at this point. towards words yeah. This I is lo- his
1: version of shoving a magazine down her throat. It kind of is, it, and <laughs> yeah. I
0: and I think there's something to be said here. Like you know, I'm, t- I'm talking about sexism, and I, I mentioned it. I used, I mean, obviously the word gaslighting probably wasn't used in the '80s <laughs> when this was made, but I talked about the gaslighting in the the boardroom scene. I think it's very interesting that he pretends for a lot of the film to you know quote unquote be an ally to be there mm-hmm. for her to be sympathetic but he's using her and then ultimately he ends up perhaps being even worse than any of the people who were in that boardroom with any of them tried to like you know impregnate her with this alien embryo which will kill her mm-hmm. it, you know, there's, there's no two ways about it it will kill her um and you know it, it gives the it's cool because it gives the movie its its big facehugger scene because there was a chance it may not have had one because you know we, we you know we've already got aliens running around we don't really need facehuggers necessarily but it gave us a big one where they're trapped in this room with no weapons and I, I I love that moment where she looks outside and the gun that she had has been moved outside the room and it's just this little moment of like oh someone did this like I mean yeah. we we already suspected but someone did this like they made a point of making sure she couldn't defend herself.
1: Yeah, uh, it's really. Is neat. it a plot hole that we see the the canister that was holding the alien knocked over? <laughs> that she didn't wake up when that happened, or maybe maybe that is what woke her up.
0: Yeah, or maybe it wasn't less of a knock over. Maybe he like placed it down and just kind of. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Anyway, maybe it, it looks like it was knocked off the table, but it would it have not smashed if it was knocked over? Maybe depends on the glass kind. I suppose, but
1: yeah that, that part is a little unclear but whatever it's a fun scene
0: <laughs> i mean as far as nitpicks go like i can, can love with the this.
1: raptors in the kitchen scene of the movie you know like Ugh. oh or, co- you know vice versa
0: of course but <laughs> oh come on okay this is not this is not as much as that that the, the, the t-rex being able to sneak up on people is way much more of a no, plot no, no, hole no. than I, this i'm
1: saying like this is <laughs> very much like Trying to hide from the face huggers, like being trapped in a small oh, room oh, I see
0: what you're okay. with
1: with two enemies. That's what you saying. <laughs> right? Trying to trying to use your surroundings because you don't have any weapons to out I, outwit them.
0: I thought you were trying to compare it to another small mistake in no, another life. I'm, Perfect, I'm saying
1: I'm comparing <laughs> it to another like great scene in movie yes. history where it's super tense
0: i love to <laughs> see the shot when you see it, the, the one sneaking up behind rip uh, not Ripley, really, and uh, when she's like in the rain under oh, the rain the sprinklers mm-hmm. i should say but the sprinklers are coming down you just see screaming and you just see it crawling up behind her it's like yeah, yeah just the hand puppet <laughs> yeah
1: i mean that's, i do that's... like how this movie like even though they are technically this the same well pretty close to, to the same designs there's nothing sexual about the aliens in this one versus the first movie
0: no i think it's because it's a lot quicker there's a lot you know there's a lot more ridges in the aliens which i know people mm-hmm. look, i mean if i was to compare the designs i would say i prefer the design of just the solo alien in the first one more than i do over all the ones in this but yeah um i think it does have a, it feels similar but distinct enough that it feels like its own movie um i think the, the creature design is great. obviously I mean the big addition here was the queen, uh,
1: who looks incredible. Yeah, like great. it is such a great design, but it is a monster, and there's nothing uh, about it. Again, there's nothing about it that comes off as giger to me.
0: Uh, it, all it's of very them, I, I'd say the mouth's still very Giger-y, but yeah,
1: but it's it's like bigger though, right? Like <laughs> it's it's bigger. It's not as giger as like the the first one. There's still a lot of like ky of hey, course. Hey, but hey, hey,
0: hey. Do you not recall the giant spaceship cock thing and, <laughs> and, and alien? He was not opposed to having big genitals as well as the more regular-sized genitals
1: It's just that it's just a bigger penis. I'm saying,
0: <laughs> but the mouth I... that comes out kind of is like when when it's trying to like grab Ripley and the and the loader later on. You see it sort of coming
1: out. Yeah, it? yeah, sure. okay, but it, it's still not like uh, like really. Everything about the the first Alien film was just like, oh, that's that's everything is genitalia.
0: Everything. <laughs> Which is Why it's so
1: fascinating and gross at the same time. <laughs> everything
0: is either a penis or a vagina.
1: Right. Everything is, film. and it's you can't escape it, and it's one of the, it's one of the reasons why it's just so like gross and like you can't look away, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but but. In this one, except for the goo, there's nothing really sexual about anything. Like even the face hugger, when you see the ovipositor stuff, maybe, but it still comes off as, as like I don't know, like a monster, not sexual.
0: I I could see that. There's a I I think there's a little bit of it. That scene you mentioned there with the face huggers in the in the tub when when the, mm-hmm. when they first see them when it like comes towards like Paxton's face or whoever it is. Uh, uh oh yeah, that's Paul Reiser. yeah i think someone says oh it's love at first sight i think that's like a slight sort of wink wink at the sexuality of the whole thing but then the movie kind of just you know
1: yeah
0: isn't focusing on that and i think that's maybe smart that's one of the things that you know we talk so much about how aliens okay it's less of a ill-equipped group being picked off one by one and it's more of an action movie with like a survival element with lots of people with guns who can fight back to an extent like people talk about that all the time and they talk about how it changes things up so it's not just the same movie but maybe the focus of the the creatures themselves being more monsters and less oh it's a dick (laughs) is also something that's distinct about it and makes it feel different and and, you know more unique uh
1: yeah i mean even the queen like she doesn't really come off as anything like except for maybe the mouth part but still like it's it's an action scene that doesn't really come off the, like, the, a, like a sex thing but like she she's more insectoid than anything else now yeah she's the got ja- this spider like design she's got this big old like sack of eggs behind her like a big caterpillar or something and
0: she has the big kind of like hard like shell head thing that's like more yeah more it's like
1: fanned out it's, it's more uh,
0: almost dinosaur as you know like or godzilla
1: yeah like no i think dinosaurs a good comparison it looks very much like uh or, or, or like uh, some of those those larger beetles that have a, a, mm. a head like that. But there's there's a type of like Triceratops that has a head like that too, where it kind of fans out that way. I can't remember, like a Megaceratops or something.
0: I can see, yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I like design stuff generally. Obviously, I think design stuff is one of the, the areas where Alien maybe wins. If, if you're comparing like you know beat for beat like which one wins in each category but um yeah so anyway where uh, where where were we i wanted to uh talk, we went into like future designs and stuff um what were we talking about before that uh
1: the facehugger scene
0: facehugger's bark yeah 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 um
1: ripley uses uh, her you know her her problem her troubleshooting skills to get out of a situation by turning on the f- the sprinkler system and setting off the fire alarm
0: yeah oh that's a good way Smart. to call for help in fact it, it's oddly kind of dark that it kind of relates to real life where people tell you to yell fire if you need help because <laughs> people are more likely to actually respond to it now obviously yeah the reason here is because burke's turned off the camera and no one can see them it's not it's not that like anyone's been a well, i mean he's been a dick but the others aren't uh But, you know, it's a, you know, be even, this is, this is maybe where Hicks gets to be the most heroic because he, like, dives through the window like a a total badass. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And then, like we said earlier, Hudson gets to save Newt, and that's kind of his, like, little, not a complete journey, but it's it's kind of a big deal for him just before it's his end. Because it's right after this, it's when they're about to just, oh, let's just kill Burke. At this point, he's earned a death. Uh, That's when the the power cuts out in, you know, the third act, if you want to, you know, call us the start of the third act really kicks in yeah uh which is you know six meters that can be that's inside the room like and then they just all look up Uh, i love the i mean there's obviously there's a lot of camera work that i could have talked about before this but one of the things that i love about this moment is where where hicks goes up to the the ceiling and he he pokes his gun up to open the panel the ceiling panel to look out and i just love the shot starts on the the tip of the gun pushing it up because that's the first thing that goes through and mm-hmm. then it pans across to his reaction as he turns and looks at the, the aliens that's uh it's just one of those little things where he he literally just said to the team because he's like the he's actually technically not the ranking officer because Gor- gorman's back up at this point but i think gorman's just just giving him the the raise like, yeah, yeah you're gorman's in charge like
1: in the experience people go ahead yeah
0: <laughs> uh, but he just said to everyone like remember short controlled bursts we don't have a lot of ammo and he's so freaked out by seeing this army of aliens that he just falls to the ground firing his gun. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like, oh, F that Okay,
1: <laughs> there's too many.
0: <laughs> I suppose on the one hand you could argue that it's just such a wall of aliens that he doesn't have to control. No matter what, he's going to hit something. <laughs> he's right, yeah. he's going to miss. <laughs> Every bullet's counting here. Uh, so they very neat. Uh, yeah, so uh, Newt gets separated, of course
1: uh well I, I isn't it like riser like they're, they're all like he's like well they're all gonna true. kill yeah. me anyway so i'm just gonna let them die and like locks himself out of out of the exit the only exit that they know of it's newt that saves them right
0: yeah she gets in the vents and leads them in there which is where you know vasquez and garmin die and uh poor hicks or sorry hudson say i made the hicks hudson uh, <laughs> uh eventually <laughs> uh he gets pulled down like you said with a you know, hand over the mouth and all that um, mm-hmm. And they're going through the vents,
1: and Paul uh, Reiser gets it. Yes. He's the one that actually gets the the slow yes. death by penetration. <laughs> Although it's off screen, you don't get to see it. You just see the mouth open up.
0: Yeah, we could, we could have maybe see more of that. Maybe if I have a minor <laughs> nitpick, is I could have done with the actual penetrating of the head uh, <laughs> with the with the alien mouth. <laughs> uh,
1: that's that's not James Cameron's thing.
0: Apparently not. No, he's yeah. uh he's more he's not really, he's not really a gore
1: guy is he though
0: he doesn't really have a lot of gore in his films no that's true i suppose that's true he's very good at shooting action though he's very good at suspense he's very good at all oh, these yeah. things uh but yeah that's super gory that's true that's very true <laughs> um but newt gets separated and they're trying to find her. there's that iconic shot of her in the water with the aliens coming up behind her, and they have to go They get to the elevator. Uh, Hex gets you know acid on him, so he's kind of injured. And they get to the ship, which which you know, Bishop's brought down. And this is your moment. This is your moment where Ripley says, "No, I don't care how dangerous this is. I don't care how much little time we've got left. We're not leaving. I'm going out." Because that's the thing. The ship brings a whole armory of weapons, so she's she's got her pick of like you know stock things, and she tapes a flamethrower and a pulse rifle together. She grabs a bunch of grenades, flares, other shit. <laughs> she, so she, this is, it's basically her she's version. She becomes
1: of all the colonial marines in one. <laughs> she's,
0: she's basically, it's that scene in Commando with uh, Arnold, where he's like gearing up for the island. He's like mm-hmm. a one-man army. Like that's, that's what this is. But it's her going to save Newt. Uh, and but I think ultimately, like if you want to sum up the, the arc of Ripley in this movie, is that she finds something to fight for. And you know she should be able to fight for herself, but Nuke gives her something else to fight, someone else to fight for. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this is where she finds her strength.
1: And yeah, and, and Hicks totally supports her. Like he, he, mm-hmm. he can't do himself because he's injured. He's been acid. He he got acid on him. So, but he's, he's been, like, look, he's been acided. Not, he's been acided. <laughs> but he's like, look, we're not we're not leaving without her. So go get her. Like yeah. and he, he he has full like faith in her that she's gonna succeed. And for You've Bish- got 19 minutes, that's and, it.
0: And for Bishop's arc, it's good that you know Hicks did pass out because of the, the medication or whatever, and mm-hmm. Bishop made the choice to not leave. He made the choice. obviously there's the fake out where he's not there at first, but you know, but his reason for not being there actually makes sense that the 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 it like was collapsing. collapsing. <laughs> I have to kind of start circling <laughs> and come back for you. Uh but everything like this final like 25 minutes of the movie uh like when she goes down that elevator like again it's a very resident evil thing there's a moment at the end of resident evil 2 where you're going down that, and this is the remake i'm thinking of Where you're going down this big elevator as this like lab that's underground is starting to like like you know, all the electricity is going off and it's starting to become unstable <laughs> and i remember playing it thinking this is aliens. I'm, I'm, this is just the end of aliens. I'm playing right now, but she, she you know, she gets down there. She, she finds new. She ends up in the nest. This, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm underselling. This is all wonderful suspense, but we have this moment. This mano man mano. Forgive the words there, because obviously that means men. But like moment with the queen. Mother,
1: it's mother the mother.
0: <laughs> mama a mama, <laughs> Whatever the whoever like the, it. the it is. where. the queen almost basically agrees to let her go you know as 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 much as they can without obviously language to share that ripley won't destroy her eggs if like you know they can go but just as she's leaving she and i love this moment because it's this is the performance here is that sigourney weaver just tilts her head in the very same way that at various points in this film after this that the queen herself turns her head she, she just sort mm-hmm. of goes, mm. I say, and it's basically, like nah, screw this. I'm, I'm killing every like. And, and this is, uh, this is where you sort of almost take it less literally. And you just say, this is a metaphor. This is her burning her PTSD. This is her like taking control of her life. But this is her like killing the monster within her. Uh, yeah. Which is why it's so hard to like, get into Alien Three because I'm like, no, like she overcame everything. You've just reset her so she can There's be a- miserable. It,
1: it's a little um, almost like uh because like w- right when she gets to the end the last egg like opens up and there's a little bit of a moment like really mm. <laughs> you're gonna break the promise now you're gonna <laughs> and then she just murders them all
0: yeah uh i
1: i think it's just uh, that's I think grenades just... into her sack
0: <laughs> into her sack. i think that's what's so good about this as well this movie is that it doesn't betray a single thing about how Alien wrapped up or ended or how it completed its story. It only takes Mm-mm. what it did and adds to it and gives her an arc that makes sense post that. Um, Alien 3 very, just...
1: Very hard to do.
0: Yeah. Alien 3 just sort of has to reset things because otherwise there can be no movie. Yeah. Uh, and that's ultimately you know where, where the, the upset comes in. Uh, but, you know, I, I love the weight at the elevator you know, the climbing of the ladder and then realizing they can't because the queen's there. Uh, The queen tilting her head when she realized, because I loved this, this detail's there. Ripley presses both elevator buttons. Yeah, That detail is there.
1: Um, Maybe the other one will be faster, but she sets up her own, like,
0: uh uh-oh. But the second one, the second one, of (laughs) course, when it comes down, the queen's like, huh. And they have established that these aliens are smart and the queen presumably is the smartest one they so can cut the power they cut the power so <laughs> they you know, animals man so they just get away when the ship comes up but um and i, I love this thing. i remember you st- thinking sometimes like you know where does the queen go but you can actually see see when the queen appears uh when they get back up to the sulaco you can actually see very clearly where she hid like it's, it's in mm-hmm. where the uh the leg comes out um and there's even a moment when they're leaving where you, like, it's sort of the, because things are getting unstable, the ship kind of drifts into the platform a little bit and hits some debris. So there's actually, mm-hmm. it does give you just enough of plausible time that the Queen was able to, even though in some of the wide shots, we should theoretically see like a tail or something. Like, as Sure, a, as, yeah. She's, like,
1: she's not small.
0: There's a little <laughs> bit of leeway you have to give with this, but there, it, the, the, this area she is hiding in does make some amount of sense. Right, um, yeah. Uh, but like I said, we had Chekhov's power loader. Like, I mean everything in this scene, Ripley like yelling for her attention so Nuke can like, get away, uh running to find something to fight her with, coming back and like, you know, going toe to toe with the queen. And it is a really fun fight, and I think the effects in this movie are really good. Uh you know, it's a time before CG and you've got miniatures, you've got rear screen projection, you've got obviously prosthetics, you've got people in suits, you've got animatronics, you've got everything that there was at the time. And I think one of the things that I love uh, in this power loader fight is that there's times when I, I can kind of tell that it's like a, a miniature that's happening, but they do a really good job of always like hiding uh, Ripley enough that you can never mm-hmm. know for sure. Like the motion looks a little bit miniaturesque, but you can never quit. And it's always quick enough that it blends seamlessly. And right, yeah. It just, I don't know. It, 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 like, I
1: think Cameron's really good at how he capture these. These moments. Mm-hmm. Um, so plus, it's such a badass moment for for Ripley when she comes out in that power loader.
0: Like, compare her at the start of this movie. Compare her arc, right, uh, from the start and the end. At the start of this film, she woke up in a cold sweat at the thought of an alien. She she couldn't walk into the building uh, because she was like shit scared. And at the end mm-hmm. of the film, she's calling one a bitch like Mm -hmm. but it doesn't feel unearned it doesn't feel like a stupid like like you know it doesn't feel like a quippy marvel-esque like ah she's calling the thing a bit no
1: it feels like she's full of anger
0: yeah she's earned it she she's went through this journey and you believe her when she when you when she has the strength to do this now she's earned the strength she's she's gained that strength and it feels like yeah yeah get away from you bitch or gonna f you
1: up and she's gained a child like when like she she really is like just a mother protecting her 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 cup you know Mm-hmm. And so much so that like when when New comes out afterwards and calls her mommy, like it's like oh, <laughs> like, like I get it.
0: Mhm. It's uh, it's really solid stuff, and I think people obviously love this movie. People praise it. People think it's a great film, but I, I do honestly think it's a little underrated. Almost when I I don't know if people actually stop and really consider how how much it does with all its characters and. How much of an arc Ripley really has in the film? I think it is a little underappreciated from like a a raw film making and screenwriting craft. Sure, sure. Uh,
1: but it, and it, just how like hard it should it is to pull off a movie like this, you know, oh, a movie sure. that comes from a, a masterpiece what? and is so tonally different, but everything feels faithful to the first film. How
0: many somehow. knockoffs? How many knockoffs try try to do a, a group of colonial marines and there's a monster like mm-hmm. there's probably at least dozens if not hundreds maybe of of yeah. those knockoffs like or they, how they,
1: many how many sequels do we get that feel like a like a straight to DVD mm-hmm. <laughs> science fiction film like like the it's just yeah it, it's just we just have so many examples of things being worse when you try to do it again that to get something that is so good that's a sequel right wow you know it's it just it shouldn't it shouldn't exist it yeah. should be this good
0: i mean the, the clear thing is just don't do the same thing again i think that's the important part of any like continuation is just don't do the exact same thing again don't just repeat it and no. that that's very true here um I
1: it's true in starship troopers too.
0: Shut up! Don't even, <laughs> don't even, don't even do it. I mean, technically, it's true they don't do the same thing again, but it's possible to succeed in doing something different, but it just being terrible. Like that's also a possibility,
1: right? Yeah, yes. I mean, we also we just watched the the sequel to 2001, and just how much of a disappointment that is, too. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe I'm just trying to maybe that makes this look so much better since we've watched. Um, so many uh, also, recently.
0: I mean, I mentioned you know, the design a little bit earlier, but I wanted to really say how much I love the, this world they're in. I, I love the, mm-hmm. the the sets. I love the all the devices they use. The overall feel of like the the ships, the the base, you know, all, all of that that sort of builds up the aesthetic. I love the aesthetic of aliens, uh, and it's something again that people have tried to copy. E- even like a Halo. Like if you look at some of the guns in Halo, they're clearly just like, "Oh, we want to do pulse rifles from aliens." You know, like that's mm-hmm. that's you can see the influence that it's had on various things, uh, over the over the years. Um, sure. Like it's definitely there. So, um, yeah, uh, and I'll I'll mention this bit of trivia since uh, this this one that comes one comes up, and it's not in the Blu-ray because the like they've only ever done this once for one thing but they did t- touch up something. They, they did technically change mm, something. I don't
1: know what you're talking
0: about. Uh, and I never noticed this until I listened to the commentary on the DVD because they didn't fix this for the 2003 DVD, the anthology or the quadrilogy I think it was called back then. Um, but you can see Lance Sandwich's body like come out of the floor when he like goes to grab as she's sliding when the, uh, you know, the, the vacuum's like sucking all the air out. Uh, the vacuum, space. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Which
1: is a vacuum. It's blowing air out too.
0: Yeah um but uh i never noticed that and it was james cameron that pointed it out in the commentary and he said that he didn't notice it until like his eighth viewing of the film even though he was you know there in the editing suite looking at it and all yeah. that he he took him but once he noticed that he could never not see it on the blu-ray and the the, the new like remaster print and everything forward they have digitally removed the body right. sticking out
1: i looked for it this time yeah. actually it's not there <laughs> Because and... I had never seen it before, but I think you mentioned it in one of our conversations mm. where I was like, I've never noticed that. And then I looked for it this time specifically. Yeah, it's not there anymore.
0: So many little things when I watch a movie like this that I love so much where I'm like, I love how that blue laser looks at the start of the movie that's scanning the the, the you know the ship that Ripley's in. Uh, like, I, I love the look of that. I, I love, um, like, little things like when newt wants to see the map they're all looking at so so hex picks her up and so she can see and it's just a little thing at the side of the frame if you're paying attention like you know it's just a fun little moment you know I, there's so many little things that every time i watch the movie i just like i pick all these little bits up and like the way the character arcs play out are enhanced for me and i realize that yeah every like major interaction is between these two characters because they're the ones that are important to each other in terms of their arcs or something like that there's a lot going on in the script it does enough with the characters that they are memorable and they have something that feels like they went through a journey by the time they either die or they get to the end of the movie. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: and I think that is commendable. And then you add on to that the world building, the art direction, the actual, you know, movie direction, uh, and the tightly paced story, even though it is a fairly long movie for what it is. Um, I I love it. It's... it's uh, it's my favorite movie, so I mean that. I...
1: We both got to do our favorite movies this year.
0: We did. Tara, uh, were you going to rate Aliens?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, I have mentioned that I I like the first one a lot, a lot, a lot, and I also like this one a lot. Um. I used to be confused about which one I liked more. Now I'm pretty definitive. I still like the first one just a smidgen more, but this is still a ten. <laughs> yeah. It's a ten out of ten. And I don't want to do any more 10 out of 10s for a while, so let's wash some garbage after this, okay?
0: Hey, we've got the Matrix <laughs> sequels coming up. Uh, we're, we're fairly safe. That there'll be no 10s there. Uh, and obviously, it's also a 10 for me. So you get the uh, the, the rare coveted double 10. Uh, I
1: know. We really? almost had one last week, but you had to be a dick about it.
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry <laughs> I gave something a 8.5. What a cruel bastard I am. Uh, it does feel
1: cruel it ah, does it's just so close to the 10
0: Let's <laughs> start with me okay let's start with me. um yeah so i i i can't i can't you know And i i think also just to add on here i think the performances obviously the actors are a very fun likable bunch for the most part but i think sigourney weaver actually gives an excellent performance like mm-hmm. she she okay. gives a she gives a performance in this that is worthy of, like, a, a proper drama. You know, not just, like, some sci-fi movie with... Just was she nominated a for this
1: one? She was nominated for one of she, them. She
0: was. It was this I'm sure it was this one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's so much, much little nuance in her performance.
1: That, uh, she's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, this. You can take any concept, and if you treat... If you have someone with talent, uh, or in the case of a movie, a lot of people with talent, and you treat it like it's an important subject... It doesn't matter that it's a monster movie in space about shooting aliens and you know dodging explosions and whatever it doesn't matter yeah, i agree uh, and i think
1: the academy awards needs to uh, needs to acknowledge this also
0: yes because uh, we
1: don't get a lot of genre actors in nominated for for roles you know when they clearly deserve our best,
0: be our best picture or whatever for you know movies overall uh, sure. Mad Max Fury Road I think, one of the more recent notable exceptions where that got a lot of nominations at least it got a lot of victories mm-hmm. as well in the technical categories but
1: uh, you know yeah or I mean even like Ex Machina like obviously it went for special effects which I don't think it should have because Apes, there was an Apes movie that year <laughs> but but you know Alicia Vikander in that movie like, she was nominated for something else and I I think uh, that the one she did with Eddie Redmayne, she was the, nominated for
0: the Danish Girl. I'm like, come on, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, the Danish Girl. But uh, I mean, she should have been nominated for Ex Machina, but she didn't because it's a sci-fi movie, <laughs> so they gave her the drama one instead.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, you know, if you're wondering why I've been leaning back for so long, it's because Firefly jumped up and has been on my lap, so I can't move. Yeah, so we've
1: been seeing the ears pop up every now and then.
0: Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's for the aliens. Hopefully, you enjoyed our rambles and discussion uh, of the of the film. Um, and I, I do think it warrants a deeper discussion that, that feels, you know, because obviously when The Matrix it's easy to go into themes and talk about what things mean and all the rest of it. But I think even a good on-paper-simple movie about oh, we're in a place where there's monsters, we have to survive and get off the planet and save the kid. That sounds really simple. But what makes this great and what makes a lot of the knockoff shit is that quite frankly, it actually still treats the characters with some sense of like, Oh, they have to have a journey. They have to have an arc. They have to have a story. Things have to matter. And it, it deserves more respect than it probably gets, even though everyone loves it. <laughs> anyway, I still think it's underrated.
1: <laughs> That's why Oscars should be 10 years later.
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've said it uh, before.
0: But hey, oh, there you go. Uh, so you can uh, look forward to next week's episode which is uh something very different uh strange days but we actually said strange days was going to be this week but i forgot that alien day was coming up which is why mm-hmm. things get swapped around so uh that's why that's why there's been a switcheroo uh so that's that but there you go that, that'll do it uh, tara would you like to uh tell everyone mm. about Patreon?
1: Yeah, I guess um, if you enjoy our reviews, you can check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash T V because if you donate $1, you will get bonus reviews for more science fiction movies, ones that are not available on the main YouTube page. So if you want to find out what we think of films like the original 1995 Judge Dredd or Time Cop or... Some more B movies like uh, some David Carradine stuff. We got some Garrett Graham stuff. You know, he's my favorite. Um, Yeah. One dollar will get you a whole... (laughs) He's my favorite. (laughs) One dollar will get you access to those. And um, if you donate $5 per month, you'll get access to these reviews one day early. And some other shows you get a week early, and you get to vote on movies that we watch next. So, we're watching a vote movie next week. So yeah, be a part of it. Be a part of the crew. Our own little colonial marines of patrons. What's that sneer for?
0: I was steering. There was no steer. You saw a steer, but there was no sneer. There was no sneer, I promise you. Right. Uh, Maybe it's so- just your bored face. <laughs> I was like, ah, I guess that was that was a cute pun. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. no, I, I did a thing. I try to be different.
0: No, no I encourage you. I encourage, okay, that 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 was the the pulse rifle. I will show you the grenade launcher, uh, next time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know who I'd cos. I mean, you obviously have to cosplay Ripley if you're cosplaying someone from this. I guess I'm stuck with. I mean, I'd like. Let's face it. I don't really suit any of the characters in this. I'd like to think Bill Paxton, but I'm I'm not. I'm not Bill Paxton. I can't be Bill Paxton. It's not possible. You're
1: You're Spunkmire. (laughs) Spunkmire! How dare you? All right, fine. You can be Frost.
0: Uh, Firefly here, though. It can be Jonesy. so.
1: jonesy and gus will be fat jonesy I we'll be fat. <laughs> he tried to cause chaos during this review but i didn't let him yeah, Even yeah. when he scooted his butt across the carpet <laughs> what oh, a jerk dear.
0: uh so tara mentioned patreon you can of course also support us by liking subscribing and all that jazz comment let us know what you think of aliens uh, in the comments below you can also of course get us on the twitter's at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates uh so please do any and all of those things is also very helpful uh, i guess that is us though i guess that's aliens uh we can wrap this bad boy up and move on with the lives and we'll be back next year to talk about alien 3 and all of its weird glory
1: what could have been
0: mm-hmm uh, the story of how the making of, uh, Alien 3 is far more interesting than Alien 3 itself. Is uh, there a documentary? Oh, yeah. The, uh, the Blu-ray has, a, like, a three and a half hour, uh, making of. This is packed, right. and...
1: Sounds like we have to do a lot of research for this movie. You gotta watch well, the documentary, you gotta watch two versions of the film. I watch two
0: versions. I, I think watched... we
1: have a year to prep.
0: I watched <laughs> the documentary back in the DVD. However... They heavily edited it because Fox didn't like how bad it made them look. However, when the Blu ray came out, they loosened up a little bit. And so I've not watched the full version yet, but there's like a full, like, uh, uncut version on the Blu ray I've not watched It's Called Wreckage and Rage The Making of Alien 3.
1: I love uh, Hollywood drama.
0: <laughs> uh. And it it was really noticeable as well because, like, all the featurettes and all the the chapters of the documentaries and all all the four movies all had, like, these, like, names It was like, you know, blah, 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 creature design, blah, 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 this, you know, whatever. Um, But half of Alien 3's chapters were just, like, production part two. It was like, why Mm. does this not have a proper name? Like, they're all good, cool titles except half of Alien 3's. And it's because, like, edited them and the the names were too negative-sounding, um... Although I think they did still change the title of the overall because it's a wreckage and Rage." I think originally it was meant to be wreckage and Rape," and they, th- they said that was still a step too far. But uh, fair enough. I don't think anyone's going to be upset at the, the loss of that. But uh, is it don- just like
1: Warner Brothers apologizing to David Fincher the whole <laughs> the whole documentary? No, Fox. Not, not, not. Or, or, excuse, excuse me, the Fox.
0: <laughs> Uh no. Well, David Fincher does not take part in it. There's a lot of footage of him on set and stuff, but he, he he didn't want to talk about aliens. Are you kidding me? He ain't ever talking about aliens ever again. It's funny.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I know you'll never watch them, but the Hobbit movies, the because oh. the, they came out with extended editions with all mm-hmm. like the Lord of the Rings did with all the long documentary appendices of the of the films. But the last one, the Battle of the Five Armies, is so depressing because it's it's basically just. Like hours of Peter Jackson apologizing for how like for for to the fans and stuff. Like it's so sad. It's so soul crushing. You watch like scenes of uh, Ian McKellen like crying because he's overwhelmed by like the situation he's in and he's not understanding what people want because they keep rushing him and stuff We're like i don't want to see him crying this is so sad
0: he also gets sad as well because he's in like just a green screen room right there's no yeah. when they did lord of the rings there was some obviously some trickery for the size differences but this was just him in a, a green room with nothing
1: right and he has to like look at tennis balls like 13 different tennis balls that are supposed to be dwarfs and he can't act against anything and he's just like he just breaks down and it's just yeah it's just peter jackson apologizing the whole time it's so sad it's worth watching <laughs> he just ap- for the Hollywood drama
0: of it all he should apologize for those movies especially that, especially that third one. Oh my god that Hobbit third movie was oh
1: yeah that's exactly the movie that we're talking about
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh oh, talk about anyway. having ten minutes of plot and stretching out to over two hours
1: <laughs> alright anyway I've dragged this out too much <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, this is on good you goodnight everyone you did this
1: or good day whenever you're watching this
0: Thank you very much, Vaginas. We always appreciate it. Keep watching the satisfaction. A computer at Salsa.
1: There's so many good quotes. I don't know which one to use. <laughs> it's a bug hunt, man. A bug hunt. That's not even a lie. <laughs>